with the first pick in the DA draft. so glad that you are all with us. We are glad to have all of you. Before we get into the drafting portion of our podcast, we want to highlight some NBA news. Good news right off the bat, fellas. Zero NBA players tested positive for the coronavirus out of 346 that were tested at the Orlando campus. And these results were announced on July 13th. That means that the bubble is complete. They've achieved the bubble. There are zero players positive, which is great, great news in terms of the NBA continuing. Uh, Even though they have achieved that, uh, Chris Haynes on Yahoo Sports talked about how the league sent emails to teams still urging for players and coaches to wear masks. A big reason why is the media is now coming into the bubble. So they want to make sure that things stay safe. So that's really good news. The the NBA is really taking um, every precaution that they can to ensure that the bubble stays coronavirus free. So uh, hearing that update was was really encouraging in terms of uh, the start here. Tomorrow, the NBA will televise the scrimmages for each team, and they're and they're going to have a doubleheader uh, featuring the Orlando Magic against the LA Clippers at 3 p.m. Eastern, followed by the Pelicans at Brooklyn Nets at 7 p.m. Eastern. So we're we're here recording this on the 21st Tuesday, and we're we're getting basketball tomorrow, fellas. Really, really great news. I'm excited to, to see some basketball. And, and, you know, these inner squad scrimmages are sort of the guys getting ready for uh, the season here and kind of uh, getting a little bit of that rust off. But just to see any sort of basketball is, is really encouraging. So NBA TV is going to feature a lot of these games. In addition to showing highlights, they're going to have a bunch of doubleheaders. Like I said, the games start as early as noon tomorrow. Uh, they're going to have one day where there's a quadruple header, so basketball all day. So we're really excited just to get basketball back. In other news, the NBA announced that the Timberwolves are up for sale. There are some folks that are interested in purchasing the team, including Kevin Garnett and a group of investors who are exploring putting in a bid for the Minnesota uh, T-Wolves. And their owner has mentioned that other folks have been interested, but he is not interested in selling the team to anybody who might want to move it. So they are immediately disqualified. And that has been made very clear. So that is great news for Minnesota fans. They are not going to lose their team. And it's likely that one of their legends might be their owner soon with a group of investors. So that's really cool to see. In terms of NBA awards, the NBA also announced that they're going to limit the awards criteria to the regular season. So if any of these players were sort of going to make a last push to win the awards, that's not going to happen anymore. In fact, the voting will happen between today, July 21st, to the 28th. That's when voting will occur for the different awards. And they will be finalized before we get into uh, the bubble play, the official bubble play after these scrimmages. In addition to that, given the, the, just the changing of the league and the style of play, players like LeBron James are going to be eligible for guard and forward, as well as Ben Simmons, Jason Tatum, Chris Middleton, Jimmy Butler, and Luka Doncic. Uh, when it comes to the All-NBA team. In addition to that, other guys like Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, Jokic, Bam Adebayo are eligible at both forward and center. So you might see an an All-NBA ballot that is a little different than what we're used to. 
Lastly here, we want to talk about some scheduled calendar dates for the NBA. Uh, the 2020 draft lottery is now going to be happening on August 20th. Before it was August 25th, but they're moving that date up. And the draft is going to occur on October 16th. Any thoughts on any of that news, fellas? Just like you, Danny, and everyone else, I am excited for basketball to return. And I'm specifically interested in what the sound is, is going to be like in these games. Are we going to hear expletives in these games when these guys are talking trash or um, just in general talking to their teammates? I, I wonder how the NBA is going to uh, monitor that. Yeah, just really good news that there's no COVID positive tests since they've been in the bubble. I think the fear all along has been if the bubble gets an impacted or infected, then basketball might not start. So it looks like we're all, you know, we're all, what's the word I'm looking for? Ready, <laughs> I'll speed ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I'll speed ahead. We're all ready to go. So that's, so that's the best news. And obviously with the news with the T-Wolves being for sale and Garnett potentially being part of that group, that's exciting. Who wouldn't want to see Garnett as an owner? And I hope it happens. I hope he helps to make that franchise as relevant as when he was there. And so that would be the, the news that I'm keeping an eye on. And then obviously can't wait to watch some basketball starting tomorrow and see who looks good and how it's going from there. I was thinking about like the bubble and it not being burst. And I was wondering, I was thinking to myself, I kind of wish I was in a bubble. So I was like, man, yeah, if be I could safer. just be, yeah, it'd be safer. Yeah. And I get to just hopefully maybe catch some games. <laughs> yeah, that might be fun to go to the arena and watch them play. I think it's also good that they decided to do the, the all NBA voting before the, the bubble starts. So, Cause sometimes we're so impacted by recency bias that it can really impact a lot of the voting and not all the teams are there. You don't know how many teams are taking the, these first eight games serious. And so, you know, the season was what the season was. I, I think that was a good move. It probably hurts guys like LeBron or others who might've wanted to make like a nice little push here to see if they could, take over maybe some of the individuals who, who got out to that early lead in some of these award categories. But I, I think it's the right move. And I also wonder how, how guys are going to respond to the all NBA changes. You know, I think oftentimes, you know, I, I know agents for players, there's incentives in them becoming all NBA players. And so I think with the shift of players just having different positions that they can qualify for, I just wonder what that's going to mean for, for the awards moving forward. But I think it's an interesting thing. I think with the game changing, I, I see that as a positive too, but I wonder what the reception to that will be. Well, most of these guys, they play multiple positions anyway. And so sometimes with these all NBA teams, you see guys on the first or second team who are not as good as guys on the third team, just based on position alone. You sometimes see it with the guard or forward position. I think it'll actually make the teams a little bit more imp improved, giving them that flexibility. So someone like Anthony Davis doesn't end up on the second team or LeBron doesn't end up, <laughs> you know, on the second team where he should be, right, if, he's, if they consider him a guard or whatnot. So hopefully it'll be for the best. But if it's controversial, that's never a bad thing, right? LeBron is not making a second team. Come on, he is not an MVP candidate. <laughs> no, but I mean, you look we're, at a guy like... stop that blasphemy right now, Tyler. You know, but you look <laughs> at a guy like Kawhi, who, who could definitely be a second team guy. And a lot of it is, you know, if he can play forward with LeBron, you know, you have Anthony Davis, you have Luca, you have Harden, some of these other guys, and how they're really building out these teams. And if you can only put Anthony Davis as a forward, and I can't put him as a center, 
then I might have to put in a center who might not be as talented as some of those five, right? So I think the flexibility helps. We are transitioning now to uh, the drafting portion of our podcast. If you all have not joined us before, this is kind of our thing that we do here on our podcast. Uh, we, we love to draft things. And that's sort of what our approach is going to be as we preview the NBA bubble and the tournament we're about to have and the A games that every team is going to play and then transitioning into the postseason. So what we hope to do today is to draft 15 out of the 22 teams in the bubble. And we are drafting them kind of in a power ranking sort of way. Teams at the top that we think are our contenders and, and other teams that we feel are going to get far, that we feel are going to compete within the bubble. So the way this is going to work is we are we have randomized the draft order. All of us are going to draft five teams, and we're going to sort of do it in a, in a snake-type draft. Uh, I will have the first pick. Jose will have the second pick. Taylor will have the third so really excited to, to get into this. And, you know, obviously we're going to measure how well we picked by how well the teams do here in the bubble. And we're really excited to have basketball back. And so we're excited to just not only talk about basketball like we have been doing in the past, but actually look forward to the future here and us seeing basketball within the next week or so. Yeah, no, I'm excited to draft because now we, instead of just picking our teams and having it be more, hey, I think your team's better, we're actually going to get to see results and we're going to know which one of our squads is the best. So I'm excited to do this draft tonight. So with the first pick, Danny. I have the first Danny. pick here. Huh? Don't do it, Danny. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, you know, Don't take my three, team. There's three teams here that are at the top. Uh, but for me, I know I'm going to be called biased here. But I am going to go with the Los Angeles Lakers with my first pick. I think that they are the team that will win it. They were 49-14. and 14. They were first in the West when the season was suspended. And in my opinion, they were playing the best basketball of the season at the time when uh, COVID unfortunately put a stop to the NBA. I think a week prior, during that week, they had just had wins over the Clippers and the Bucks. And really, LeBron James's name was coming up as an MVP candidate and in many circles leading the MVP race. And, and really, that's what it comes down to. It comes down to LeBron and AD and how far they're going to take the Lakers. All season long, the Lakers were really good on defense. They, they, defense, they were performing at an elite level. And even though I think at the beginning of the year, we had a lot of flack about our supporting cast, I think overall it's fit well and the team has really meshed. You know, I've, 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 every podcast that I've probably listened to, not only, you know, in Laker circles, but, I, but I'm talking about nationally, everyone has just talked about how this team really does enjoy one another. They really like each other. And I think to me, that's key. This team just, just meshes together and they click. And, you know, obviously the, the thing that people always talk about is LeBron's age. But man, just the four-month layoff, I think, has re-energized LeBron in a way that I think it's actually going to benefit LeBron and the Lakers. He just seems motivated. He seems pumped up. You know, he's he's calling this a revenge season, and um, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna get the title. Um, I think he's gonna achieve his revenge here. There are some losses that we had. I think primarily when you think about Avery Bradley and just the amazing game he had with the Clippers um, towards the end of it. Um, I think that's gonna hurt. But you know, the Lakers when they didn't have Avery Bradley, they still were seventeen and three. So I think that there's other guys who are gonna step in. 
I think Anthony Davis and LeBron James are going to give us the leadership that we need to stay focused. And I, and I really do think that focus of being in the bubble is really going to help. We are leading the NBA in fourth quarter defense. So I think that really is going to play a role. And obviously LeBron, you know, him in the clutch, in the finals, in the playoffs, I, I think he's going to hit that gear. So I have the Lakers number one here, and I do think that they will win the NBA title. Yeah, Danny, of course, I'm going to agree with you there. And that's why I was begging you not to choose the Lakers. Um, but, but they have some question marks though, right? You look at LeBron, you look at AD, two, two of the probably two of the five best players in the game right now. There's a pretty big drop-off into the third best player. I think that's the biggest question mark for them compared to the Milwaukee Bucks and the Clippers, right? With the Clippers, you see an overall depth of players. Same thing with, same thing with the Bucks. But what I'm really excited about the Lakers is that not only do you have the best playoff performer that we've seen in a long time in LeBron James, but Anthony Davis as well, who can really step up and solidify himself as one of the top premier best players in the game. And we have Caruso. And we're, we're, ta- <laughs> and we're talking about missing Avery Bradley. And I think Caruso is the one that's going to be t- needed to step up the most. And I, just, I just think he's locked and he's ready to go. He missed his sister's wedding this weekend. Like, Saw that. Yeah. Missed his sister's wedding. <laughs> he's committed. Because he said... We, we got big things that we need to get done. And I probably would have missed the wedding too because it was like 100 people at this wedding. I don't know how <laughs> Texas allowed this, but yeah. He really doesn't want to have to self-quarantine again. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> I'm not, once is good enough. Well, so Danny, obviously they have the best odds in Vegas. So, you know, Vegas agrees with you there. I think you have two probably first-team All-NBA guys with Davis and with LeBron. And so from that standpoint, I agree they were playing really well. I feel like a lot of the media doesn't really think the Lakers – I just get the sense that there's not a lot of Laker love. I think a lot of – you know, Barkley was saying the Blazers would beat them. I've seen it. other people say the same thing. I don't know why. And I know maybe Avery Bradley, Rajon Rondo, some of these guys going down or not being at the bubble is part of it. But there's something about the Lakers where – a lot of people besides Nick Wright just don't believe in them. And I think it's weird. Um, So I think it'll be, the Lakers are going to be fascinating to see what they look like here in the scrimmages and when the season starts up again, because you're right, defensively they can do a lot of good things and they were the best team in the West. So they have the, they have that, right? Um, Unfortunately, the home court's not going to really matter as much here. And yeah, we don't know how they're going to look when they come out of it. I think those are just the two things. But and those are fair. I think, Taylor, I think the, the reason why a lot of people have maybe changed their opinion, I know some people have shifted to the Lakers, but I know a lot have shifted away. I think what you just said, the, the lack of home court is going to be huge. Because, I mean, if they were playing the Clippers, like at Staples, it's almost like a Laker home game. <laughs> so I can understand that. But but I do, I do think, like, the big, big caveat with the Lakers is that health factor. I know I mentioned that they've had rest, but, you know, if anything – you know, God forbid, I'm going to knock on all the wood that I have here. If anything happens to AD and LeBron, like we, we immediately, you know, drop from being, I think, favorites yeah. to, to not. Cause that, like Jose said, the, the, from AD to LeBron, the next spot on a roster is there's just a huge drop off. So if yeah. anything happens to those two guys, I mean, I think that's everything goes out the, the window at that point. I think, I think because he's with those other two teams, Milwaukee and, and the Clippers, you kind of know what you're getting. You know what their closing five is. You know what the team brings. And I think with the Lakers, they have a big lineup, right? When they play JaVale and AD or Dwight and 
AD. Then they can run their guards and have LeBron at the power forward, or if they're going to have Kuzma in the game, right? There's just so many kind of variables that, that haven't necessarily like been proven yet. So that's why I feel like people are skeptical of them. But man, also, like, but Jose, yeah, I want to add, I don't think really Anthony Davis really hasn't taken over in the playoffs. And then I think he's a big question mark in terms of, if Anthony Davis takes it to another level, which he's capable, right? And he, some, you know, you can say he's the most talented player. A lot of times he's the number one pick in fantasy basketball almost every year. It's been health and it's been, he really hasn't done it in the playoffs. I mean, obviously I know they swept the Blazers that one year. They had a good run until, excuse me, until they ran into the Warriors, but he hasn't had that success. So if he elevates with LeBron, yeah, the Lakers are scary and they're going to be what everyone thinks they're going to be and what they've been this year. But that's, that's him. Does he want to take it to the next level? Same with Giannis, some of these other guys. They just haven't taken it to that next level in the playoffs. So which one of these young guys is going to do that to be in that next tier? I think that'll be, that'll be fun to watch. And that's why I think those people who are talking about the Blazers beating the Lakers are forgetting how powerful and how dominant Anthony Davis was against the Blazers like two years ago. <laughs> and, and I think people also – we're thinking about Kawhi also – and how great he was last year. But come on, if, if we are getting the LeBron James who we've seen in the finals the past two seasons, even in finals games where he's keeping these Cavaliers in the game against the great Warriors, you know, like... <laughs> you nope. mean when they're getting swept or losing like 5-1? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, that LeBron? Is that the one? No, but, the, and and we the got Jerry Smith on our team. <laughs> or the no, one man. that was hurt last year and, you know, they didn't even make the playoffs. Hey, come on. Yeah. Even, that, even that LeBron, though. I mean, I know you're... I, I, know, I know what you mean. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, like, I know what you those, mean. Like, he was keeping them in those games, you know? To all the fans here who uh, are hating on us right now because of our Laker bias, we get it. We appreciate it. There won't be any more of that for the rest of the podcast. They might come up, but, you know, I, I think we, we, we admit our bias. So well, let's, re- let's remind them that there's two Laker fans here. <laughs> there's, there's one other yeah. fan of another yeah, team. Yeah, there, there's a Houston I don't, fan. So I we'll, don't. We'll, they we'll, will. We'll, we'll dedicate some time to the Rockets in a second. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, Jose, with the second pick and your first pick, who do you have? Yeah, I mean, of course I'd love to have the Lakers, but I think the Milwaukee Bucks is going to be my choice. They they lead the league in points per game. They're number two in field, in field goal percentage, number one in rebounding, and number three in blocks. And they have the MVP, and he's probably going to be a back-to-back MVP this year. And Giannis, is just, he just keeps getting better and better. And I think the team knows what who they are, you know. They have – capitalize and I feel like they've gotten the best out of Eric Bledsoe. They have a second guy, a Robin in in Chris Middleton, and they know what they're gonna get from Brooke Lopez. He's gonna block shots and shoot some threes. And they have a really good bench. Guys like Dante DiVincenzo coming in this year and making the leap. Wes Matthews came in this year and provided them a, a really, really good solid wing. I think he's a starter for them, right? So, yeah, they have a really good chance, and they're playing in the East, which there's still some good teams there, but they have a big advantage playing in the East. I, I agree with that. Like you said, Jose, I think um, by far, I think Milwaukee is, is the most well-rounded team here um, in, in the bubble, and their path, like, like you were you're saying, to the finals is going to be much easier, whether it's the Lakers or the Clippers, the top three guy, teams that people think about. Um, you know, and not only that, but they have, you have chemistry, they have depth, they have a strong system, you know, before COVID, you know, they, they were going through a slump. They had lost uh, like four out of five games, I believe. 
Giannis uh, was sitting with a injury, but I, you know, when you reset all of that, um, they were favorites at some point and, you know, there's good reason to believe that they're favorites here. Uh, you know, they've had, uh, Giannis has had time to recover from his knee injury. Uh, they were first in the East at a 53 and 12 record. They were first in the NBA and they were having a historic regular season. They were averaging a 10.7 net rating. And the only, I think, drawback, obviously, is that they are not a proven playoff team. Even with, with last year and them having an, an amazing season, uh, they still sort of were not able to make that hump. And people found ways to neutralize Giannis in the playoffs. Um, no one has been able to stop him during the regular season. But what Giannis looks like and how people guard him and how people um, play them, I think, is something that we haven't seen yet. So I think that's something that I'm uh, excited to look at. But yeah, I think it's a solid pick. You make a good point, Danny, regarding um, stopping Giannis. And they ha- some teams have figured it out in the playoffs. Who do you guys think uh, of teams or players have the best chance to contain Giannis? Yeah, I mean, there's a few teams. I mean, in what you've seen. Uh, who, who's the stopper? Where's Al Horford? Yeah. Some of those, he's, some of those centers. Like, so maybe the Sixers. You got the the Raptors can probably I play think the with Raptors them. Raptors are going to play the Celtics. Really smart. You know, I think I think there's a lot of good coaches in the East. They have a lot of really good coaches, and I know that the Bucks have like a six and a half game lead going into the bubble, just from the regular season. So obviously they're the cream of the crop in the East. I don't like the Bucks though. I don't think they're going to make the finals. I uh, I think. I think Giannis, they just didn't look good offensively against the Raptors when they made the defensive adjustments. And if they get the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals, I just think the Raptors are, could beat them. I think the Celtics could beat them. I think a lot of teams could beat them. Now, obviously, if Giannis is you know knocking down threes like he does in the video and pretending to not be working out, but he really is, and, <laughs> and they're just lights out, they're obviously the most talented team. And a Lakers-Bucks series would be super fun to watch. LeBron, Giannis going against each other. But I don't know. I mean, when we were watching Greece in the Olympics, sometimes like in these tight games, like Giannis, he's not skilled enough, I think, to like take over the game one-on-one and like create for himself in one sense. He's just really great in transition and he has some moves and he's obviously the best, if not the best defensive player in the NBA. So, And I think it's um, what you said about AD, Taylor. Like I don't think it's it's the – it's the inability to do it, but it, it's, are they going to hit that switch at the right time, you know, to get there? Right. I, I think that we, we haven't seen that yet. He, he hasn't played long enough where he gets enough of the, the haters, right? Like LeBron got for all those years. And then he won the title like Harden gets. And some of these other guys get like Westbrook and who else is really talented who hasn't won one where they just get a lot of, Hey, they'll never, you know, they can never do it. Right. You're starting to see some with the Sixers guys. Um, and you know what I'm really yeah. interested in? And I don't know if if the word is going to get out about who actually wins the MVP. Like, let's say Giannis does win the MVP. I wonder how that will impact him. You know, because I could see that going both ways. But even if we do get like a Lakers-Bucks final, if Giannis wins, you know, how does LeBron um, respond to that? How is the pressure for Giannis with him now feeling the weight of being the MVP and what he has to do, right? So there's there's a lot that can go into that. Yeah, Taylor, you'll you'll, you'll get – I think – he still hasn't like really hit his stride regarding the hate the haters like you said right but he if he wins MVP again and doesn't win a championship I think he'll start getting his 
well, fair share of criticism. Well, he'll get it if they lose, like in the second round, right? He'll get it regardless. Just, just the way that's just the way yeah. the media just turns on you. It's like, hey, he's so likable, and he is so likable yeah. in that sense. Um, but well, I think but, another team that really has a good chance of beating that, that has a chance of beating them is it are the Sixers, right? They're, the Sixers are a question mark regarding if they can really put it all together, and if they have Joel Embiid playing really well and Al Horford there and Ben Simmons, who's I really love Ben Simmons' defense, but I don't know if he's going to be the one primarily guarding Giannis. But that's a team that can potentially give them problems as well. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to the Sixers. I have some fun stuff on them. I like them, but there's certain things I'm worried about there. So we've gone, but we've gone chalk. We've gone, you know, Vegas number one, Vegas number two. So the box. Ta- yeah, yeah, but Taylor, give us your reason on why you really hate Giannis, though. On why. And, <laughs> well, it, and maybe we'll see it in your third pick. Yeah. Well, first of all, he stole the MVP that he, he didn't earn last year. That's one. And he also, he didn't, he never dropped the hate that he has on Harden and all that stuff. He's just, but look, he's hard to, he's hard not to like. He's just one of those guys where he's hard not to like. The only reason why I wouldn't like him or say I didn't would just be because I'm a loser hater, you know, because see, <laughs> you got it and stuff. So um, if he won one, I don't think I'd be so, I wouldn't be upset. I'd be happy for him because of just the type of guy he is. But I wouldn't be upset if he lost either. Probably be happier if he lost than if he won. So, so far I have the Lakers. Jose, you have the Bucks. Taylor, who do you have with your first pick, the third pick overall? All right, guys, so let me just tell you my strategy before you guys make fun of me with my first two picks because I'm going to go a little bit off the wall here. So here first go. thing, here I'm go. picking teams. This is teams, what Jose and I feared in this podcast. <laughs> I'm picking teams that, one, I'm going to root for and I like. And in my mind, I genuinely like these teams, right? So with the third pick, I'm going to take the Raptors. And I'm going to tell you why. So the Raptors are going to be my first pick here. Um, I actually think that they are going to advance in the East. Now, I don't know if they're going to beat the team in the West, but I love them out of the East. And a couple reasons why. One, they, they got out there last year, similar seed. And then the second things would be, I think Nick Nurse is a really good coach. And so with Siakam and Van Vliet and just these guys, man. I just think they're just going to play really well together. You know, they got Gasol, Abaka. Who's the other star I'm missing? Lowry. Come on. I drafted him <laughs> first, right? I just feel like they're going to come together, and they're just a bunch of gamers, right? And I think they're going to play really well defensively, and I think they're going to make it to the, the Eastern Conference Finals, and then I think they're just going to lock up Giannis. Now, are you choosing and, them here because yeah. they're coming out of the East? In your mind? That's part of it. Yeah. So, okay. so, when there, so, I mean, part of what we're drafting here is we, who do we think is going to win the championship, right? And who we're going to have success. And obviously I'm going to go, you know, I thought about just drafting all Eastern conference teams and going, yeah, but you guys went East West. So I can't do that. Um, so I'm going to pick the two teams I think are going to come out of the East and the West. And I think the Raptors, I think they're a little bit underrated. And I think obviously not having Kawhi is not going to help them. But I just really think they're going to win. I don't know. Um, and so uh, I looked at, you know, from an odds perspective, I know they're, I don't think they're in the top five. They are, let's see, they're sixth. I think they're like 22 to one. But I like the team. I think they were there last year. I think it helps them getting over the hump. There's no LeBron that's going to stop them um, on that side and maybe until they get to the finals. So I'm going with the Raptors with the first pick for me. And I really, I really believe in them. So. Taylor just did one of those things where, you know, he promised something and decided to go against it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think, I I think Taylor led us to believe that it would go one, two, three, like everyone is saying, but 
he led us he led us the wrong way here. He he led us to believe something that didn't Look, happen. When we get but, to the fifth pick, when we get to the fifth pick, I can explain my okay. you know, explain a little bit Wait, more. Can, yeah. can I say something on the Raptors real quick? Yeah, that was gonna be my my next pick. And I, they're they're my second favorite team to watch. And if the Lakers didn't win, I wanted them to win back to back. I think that they're best they're the best defensive team in the league. I think they're like you said, Taylor, they have, I think they have the best coach in the league in Nick Nurse. And we're also and that, that defense. You have Van Vliet, Lowry, Ananobi, Siakam, and whether it's Gasol or Ibaka, that is a strong defense. And I think Ananobi's probably the best perimeter, def- one of the best perimeter defenders um, in, in the league right now. And I think they're just a great team, well run. I don't necessarily know what their weakness is. They, their contributions from guys we never heard before, you know, like Terrence Davis, Chris, is it Boucher? They're getting, Oregon, yeah. yeah they're, Oregon. they're getting production from Rondé Hollis Jefferson, you know, like just a well-run team. And Danny, I, Danny, do yeah. you like the pick? What do you, do you like no, it, Danny? What do you no, think? No, no, no. Yeah, I do. They were 46 and 18. They were the second seed in the East. And, and I think the big thing that we don't give them, they were the, they are the reigning champions. You know, there, there's no reason to believe that they're not going to defend their title when the season w- was closing, I think the Raptors were on a 15-game winning streak, and they had won 21 out of their 25 last games. And, you know, even though they lost Kawhi, they didn't miss a beat. They continued the- their success from last season into this season. They have really good defense, chemistry. They have guys that know what they're doing. And, and even this year, with them facing so many injuries, they still managed to post the third best net rating and they allowed the fewest points per game in the NBA during the season. So, you know, I agree with Jose and, and you, Taylor. I think they have a miracle worker, Nick Nurse, who's just, I think, also the best coach in the NBA. And I do think that they are underrated. I, I can see them getting to the finals. I can see them going through the East very easily. So to me, this is not a completely out there pick. I can't I see the Raptors beating just, everyone in the East. We're just surprised at the pick from you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay. You, you will sit, sit tight because we've got another one coming that might surprise you even more. So, so we have uh, the Bucks. So we have the Lakers uh, going first, the Bucks going second, Raptors going third, and Taylor has the pick again. Who's the fourth pick here? All right, so this is the team I think is going to win it all, and that's the Houston Rockets. So I'm going with the Houston Rockets with my next pick. And I'm, before you guys tell me I'm biased, this is a completely unbiased pick. This is just purely – I'm going with my head here, not my heart. I just want to make sure I make that clear. So I know somehow, they're the Somehow six, I don't believe that. Yeah. But it's so I, know, I know they're the sixth seed right now, right? They're a sixth seed. They're only a few games back at like three and four. But, you know, home court doesn't really matter anymore. So that's a big plus for the Rockets because they're not going to have to worry about going on the road. The second thing that I think is going to be really big for the Rockets – Mike D'Antoni, they're going small, and he just got a couple months to just draw up a bunch of sets that are just going to be absolutely amazing. And we know D'Antoni's got that offensive genius mind, and the things that he's going to have us watching here in a couple weeks or you know, maybe starting you know, Friday is going to be, wow, the Rockets are really exciting. And I know a lot of people in the media, you know, they're, trying to, they're trying to jump on the hype. Hey, the Rockets are a team to watch out. It's true. You should. And not only that, Eric Gordon lost weight. He's finally healthy. He looks good. He's been really the catalyst in a lot of those Warrior series. If you go back and watch, just with his defense, whether I mean, even in the Jazz series, the way he locked down Donovan Mitchell, hitting big shots against the Warriors to win, you know, Game Five, Game Four, some of these other games. He's 
in that 2017-18 season. Yeah, I just think they're going to be really good. And I feel like for Harden and Westbrook, this is going to be one of their best chances to win one. And I think they're going to come in motivated and ready to play. And they have the chemistry. I think they have an identity where, hey, we're going to go small. We're going to dictate what we want to do. And I think it's going to work. And I think they're a really bad matchup for the Lakers. I think the Lakers, they're really big. They're good defensively. And they don't have Avery Bradley to help as like one of those strong defenders on Westbrook or Harden. And they don't have Rondo. Well, they might have him, but they don't have. They might not have him at 100. percent I think that's really going to hurt them. I mean, that's part of the reason why they think the Blazers are just gonna, like Lillard's going to score like 60 a night, even though he won't. And I just think they're going to be good. I don't know. So I'm going with my head here, not my heart. I wanted to. I also, you know, and I don't want to sound like Nick right here either, but I don't like the Clippers. I know a lot of like a lot of individuals think they're the you know the team to beat. They have all the pedigree and stuff. I don't like them. Um, the only thing I'll add here on the Rockets is, you know, Vegas has them as the fourth best with the fourth best odds. So that's a wrap. I'm going with them here, 12 to one. And they're going to be my, I'm going with the Rockets. I want the Rockets and I want the Raptors. Yeah, I just have, it's, I think they definitely have one of the highest ceilings in out of the teams, right? Like they're kind of the, the unknown, like they could just go on this crazy run and then just be super dominant where both guys are averaging 35 points per game, you know? So Hopefully Harden, I, I know Harden was having a slump before the, the season uh, stopped, so hopefully he's back and, and better than ever. So we need Harden to start shooting the mid-range again. If you look at some of those yeah. old Harden clips, you know, he sometimes will just stop on a dime and hit that, you know, that 15-footer from the free throw line. We need him to add it all in there, the layups, the step backs, the, you know, get to the free throw line, shoot it. That's what Darryl we Daryl Morey almost had a heart attack right now hearing you talk about mid-range <laughs> shots. <laughs> But your but your take your take that this was a decision based on your not not a decision based on the heart, but a decision you think is actually going to happen, doesn't make sense. Because why didn't you pick them third? You picked the Raptors first. You picked the team that you think are going to win a championship. Look, it's alphabetical. I, you know, I want to go with teams that start with R. I want to go alphabetical. And you, and you they're they're interchangeable, out of the East, right? Yeah, they're interchangeable for me. I mean, you can put the Rockets as my third pick, right? Look. I think I told you guys this before when we did the, the randomized draft. If I got the first pick, I was picking the Rockets, and I would have because I think they're going to win. But when I had the third, four, I get the luxury. You know, I, if people listen, I don't want to think I'm that crazy. Yeah. So that's why I do. I do the Raptors in there as a little curveball. So just to try to save save face here. Before we lose all credibility here, um, you know, you know, I, I understand your pick, and, and and I think for Jose and I, we would have the Rockets maybe after this pick. I I do understand your your Raptors pick. I think that's more reasonable. Um, and even then, that that felt a little iffy. I, I don't, I don't. As much as you know, <laughs> I'm not the greatest Clipper fan here. I think that they they shouldn't be dropping this far. So that would be my only sort of contention. Uh, I think a Rockets Clipper series would be really like. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't think it would be like a conclusion in my head that the Clippers would win that series. I think it would be competitive. So I, that, I, don't, that, I don't. I don't hate it. You know, a Rockets Clipper series would be super fun, right? Because you got the Rivers Definitely. angle, you got the Pat Beverly angle with Russ. Obviously, Kawhi, Harden, them going against each other. Then you got Paul George and Russ. That storyline. I mean, there's just it's storyline type of storyline. And the only, then obviously the Rockets win. It would end that that storybook Lakers Clippers that we all want to see, right? So yeah. Taylor, I have two questions for you, and and this these questions sort of go with my comments on the Rockets. You know, like you said, they were sixth seed in the West. So they were forty and twenty four. A big point for me was when they traded Clint Capella. 
after they traded Clint, they were only they went eight and six after the Capella trade. They did start to score more. Uh, they, I think they were scoring above 120 points, but they also were the second worst team when it came to rebounding. I think that could really hurt you all. I, I think that Capella trade might be um, underestimated in terms of the impact it can have, at least from your perspective and as a, as a Rocket fan and even picking them here. What's your take on Clint Capella? And I have one more thing after this. And I sure. Ask. So first of all, I know we talked about the All-NBA voting. Russell Westbrook should be voted as All-NBA center. I think we should agree with that because that's really what the Rockets wanted to do. They wanted to... Let, they let's said, turn hey. this podcast off right now. Guys. <laughs> no, he should. He's the best center in the NBA. He's got the, you know, he scores, he's just in the paint all day and he's taking on your, your best, you know, you put the five on because you're like, hey, he's, we're going to let him I, shoot. I, I thought, thought we wanted to be a podcast that was credible, you know. No, that's what it is. Russell Westbrook's the best center in the league. Well, he, he's arguably the best center. But anyway, to your point, Danny, I think the, the Rockets, obviously they're analytics-driven. And I think when they saw with Capella and Westbrook on the court, they they didn't have enough shooting, right? Um, and so I think they, you know, obviously D'Antoni loves that space spacing. And so they said, hey, you know what? We're just going to go small. We want another 3 and D guy. And one of the best 3 and D guys in the NBA is Robert Covington, right? So we said, hey, we're going to, we're just going to, we're just going to go for it. We're going to play small. And you saw some of that early success, right? When they went out and they beat the Lakers and they made the Lakers do things where you're like, hey, just post up Anthony Davis. But then it's like, well, that's not really what the Lakers are all about, right? It's not just feeding them in the post. And so when you make teams do things that necessarily they don't want to do, then you can get them off rhythm. So even if they get, you know, 20, 30 more rebounds than you, if they're making a bunch of twos and the Rockets are making a bunch of threes, then, you know, the Rockets are going to take that trade, right? Where the Rockets are going to get in trouble is one, a lot of times they go through long stretches where they miss a lot of threes. And so no leads ever safe. So the Rockets could be up 17 and then six minutes later, you know, it's tied. <laughs> Classic and Rockets and game. Yeah, and, and so I, you'll and see that. That goes to my second point. Like, I think that is my fear with them. When you play small ball, I think part of what you're counting on is that Harden and Russell Westbrook, given how explosive that they are, that they're just going to wear out other teams. But I think when you have everyone kind of starting at the same baseline now coming out of the bubble, like I just don't know how much of an advantage. So to me, it's more likely that Harden and Westbrook might struggle in some areas because I, you know, I hear you with with what Harden having str- a mid range, but I think to me, uh, you know, how, how does Westbrook look like when they when they hit the playoffs? And I think the other thing, you know, Danny, have you been watching? Yeah, but Danny, have you been watching? I mean, they're the highest scoring duo in NBA history, like scoring more points than Kobe and Shaq together. So obviously Harden and Westbrook, if they can take that level where they're scoring 60, 80 points a game. And and I'm not saying other guys can chip in. But I think that was part of being in the season and taking advantage of teams that were bigger or at the same time going through the season and teams being uh, more prone to, to wear out and to not keep up with them. I just wonder what that's going to look like in the bubble. You know what I mean? When everyone's coming back with four months of rest. That's all. That's all. That's all. Yeah. I wonder wonder how teams are going to do when they have seven games to prepare for them. You know what I mean? Like they're going to throw out defenses, whether they're going to do some types of zone defenses or I know you're going to say you're going to beat that zone with your three-point shooting. I just think there's going to be some creative ways other teams are going to try to figure them out. I mean, I get get it. No, but here's the thing. 
the Rockets see all kinds of defenses all the time, right? Just look at all the times that, you know, James Harden's getting triple teamed the moment he crosses half court. It's not the different defenses. It's, hey, our team's going to be able to play that pace. It doesn't matter how rested you are in the fourth quarter. If, you know, you got JaVale McGee in or Dwight Howard in and they got to guard Russ one-on-one, good luck. I mean, that's just, Russ is a killer. He's going to go right by you. And now at the same end, it's like, who's going to guard these guys? But if you're a Rockets and you're like, hey, throw it in to Anthony Davis for two points or throw it in to Dwight Howard, we don't care. I think that's what they want because they want you to get out of a rhythm. And, and I, think it depends. I think that's what it depends on. Like, is it is it going to be teams wearing down, which is the point of, of the small ball offense, right? Or, you know, I, I think that the, the issue then, I think for me, Taylor, is if Westbrook or Harding have an off night, that that becomes a huge problem. But, you know, like all that to say, though. Yeah, if, know, anyone, I, I think, if Kawhi Leonard like, has an off night, it's a problem. If LeBron has an off night, it's a problem. Yeah, anytime your say, superstar though. has an off night, it's a problem. <laughs> it's like, yeah, if their best players don't play well, the Rockets will probably lose in the first round. I would agree. Well, I, for me as a Laker fan, I don't want to see the Eastern Rockets. Like, I, I agree that you, if we see you guys in the second round, it's going to be a harder matchup. I have some questions, too, Taylor. Um, what do you guys think is, <laughs> for, for you, what is your best starting, what is your closing five, actually, your best lineup? So you guys, and I don't, I don't see how I'm interrogating you with you guys' picks, but I appreciate it. So, <laughs> <laughs> look, but you know the Rockets are going to go with, they're going to go with Gordon, they're going to go with Russ, they're going to go with Harden, and they're going to do Covington, Tucker, one of those guys. Those are probably like their five. And then you throw in House, Rivers. I've heard a lot about how they want to, they want Jeff Green to be one of their bigs. They think he can oh, do some things. So okay. I mean, I think those are things they want to do. We probably won't see any Tyson Chandler. He's too tall. But, I mean, realistically, I think for the Rockets, it's not necessarily all about wearing you down. It's about playing a style of basketball that's really hard to keep up with. And if you're scoring a lot of points and you have to do things that are different, they're trying to. And I think that's why when I talked about with D'Antonio's offense, I'm curious to see what type of sets, what new wrinkles they have because I think they'll be good. And, look, there's no team that's better than these Warriors teams. So the Rockets have been through it. A lot of these guys have been battle-tested. It'll be fun to watch whether they can take it to the next level. And really, Harden, his his reputation depends on can he have some, some success. And I don't think he needs to win at all for him to, to be kind of improve his reputation. But they got to do something where he's not falling short against the Clippers or the Lakers or even like the Jazz if they can even be like, you know, or even the Thunder if they get the Thunder for sure. If they lose those, it's going to be a rough offseason for the Rockets where – you know, you're worried about if they're going to have to, what's going to happen with Russ and Harden. And I think this is fair. You guys can correct me wrong. Even, you know, I know Taylor, we're giving you a hard time here, but I, I, I think that for us, I think if we, we had to look at even these, these five teams, I would assume Jose's picking the Clippers next, but we still feel, you know, it's not like us saying the Rockets shouldn't even be here in the top five. I, I, I think that no, that's, I agree. that's a reasonable, that's a reasonable take. I think, and I think Jose said it well, I think the Rockets are a team that have a really high ceiling but they could also lose first round. And so like, that's why they're a little bit of an enigma in terms of what they're going to be when the bubble starts, when the playoff starts. And so I'm just on that, the fence where I think they're going to blast off where other people might, they might falter. Did you like, was that good? Yeah. Yeah. That, that oh, certainly no. proved that you weren't picking from your uh, heart. That, that definitely proved that. Plus, uh, <laughs> yeah. Busted. Yeah. <laughs> Jose, who do you have with your second pick? And it'll be the number fifth pick overall. So far, we have the Lakers, Bucks, Raptors, and Rockets. Who do you have with your next pick? I'm sad that I have I have to choose the Clippers here, but I mean to get the Clippers with your with the fifth pick is a 
steal right there, right? I mean, they arguably could have the best player in the league in Kawhi Leonard, and we've seen what Kawhi Leonard could do, not just this year, but last year in the finals. And you're pairing him with Paul George, and Paul George and this great defense that has Patrick Beverly, Marcus Morris, and a bunch of wings that they could just throw. And I think that's why a lot of media members, a lot of experts have them winning the title because of the because of the fact that they have Kawhi Leonard and that he can lead his team to the finals and also the fact that they have a lot of people they could throw at these great players like Giannis and LeBron and Harden when you have guys like Kawhi and Paul George and you have them being backed up or even playing alongside them like Marcus Morris or Jermichael Green with them they have some weaknesses that I could see I'm trying to this thing through like whether they close the they close the game with Patrick Beverly or Lou Williams. I don't think you could have both of them in your closing lineup, especially now that they have Marcus Morris. And maybe their other weakness is Ivica Zubac. But if you look at Ivica Zubac's stats, he actually plays really well with Kawhi, and he is really good at protecting the paint and getting blocks for them. So I think those are just the question marks that I have for the Clippers. But they, they're solid, man. They're, they're coached well by Doc Rivers. Yeah, if, if they... I'm hoping that they play the Rockets in the second round, so at least one of them will get taken out before they see, they see the Lakers. But <laughs> yeah. if they end up winning it and I end up winning this whole thing, having a number, the number five pick, I'll be really sad. But, yeah, I don't even know how to feel about that. You know it's, what it's, I mean? a nice, it's a nice consolation prize, I suppose. Yeah, yeah they were 44-22 and 20 second seed in the West. There was a lot of conversations about the Clippers and, and injuries and whether they were legitimate and chemistry issues, particularly with, like, Kawhi and Paul George and, and resting and all that. Uh, but even then, right, the, the Clippers were still third best in offense, fifth best in defense throughout the season. Kawhi and PG only played 41 games together, but when they were both on the court, they dominated. They were 33-8 and eight with an 11.6 net rating. And prior to this whole COVID thing happening, they were, 11, they were at 11.5 net rating in the NBA after the All-Star break. So they were they were doing well. So for for everything that's sort of been talked about them and said about them, you know, they were still playing at a contender level. And and when you think about, you know, Kawhi and PG having four months of essentially load management, right? In in many ways, if if we were starting the playoffs in normal circumstances, I, I would have questions about are they healthy, what's going on? You know, have they solved a lot of those issues that they had? But I think coming into a bubble where they're going to be focused, where they've had time to heal, where there is going to be really any rest management likely, uh, I think they're going to be a tough out. I can see them winning the title. You know, I I, I would be afraid to play them. And so uh, they're they're solid and they're deep. Yeah, and what guy fits better in the bubble than Kawhi Leonard, who's just probably just going to stay in his hotel room? the whole time you know <laughs> and not be phased at all yeah, yeah it's it, a little bit of a misnomer yeah. maybe we give quite uh maybe he's not yeah. what we think he is too <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> i think i think that we also have to like uh consider the fact that they got two guys that are not in the bubble right now you know montrez harrell left the bubble so did patrick beverly so we don't know what's going on uh, or when they will come back so they might miss these scrimmage games so that's that's uh, something to to be focused on yeah, and you know, Jose, let me, so a couple of things. I'll just say one thing that maybe I'll like about them before I tell you why I didn't want to pick them because they have the third best odds. So, Jose, you have the team with the second and third best odds on your team, so that's it's a good start. They've looked good against the Lakers, 
And so I, I think the Lakers won the last matchup, which I think was big for the Lakers. But on Christmas, that was a little bit eye-opening in one sense. I didn't like them for a couple reasons. One, they're the Clippers. When have they ever won or done anything impressive? And I think, <laughs> so I don't, I don't have any faith in that organization at all. Two, I just think they're the most overrated team. I just, I just don't think they, they cohesively play well together. I think they're the scariest team like defensively in terms of just talent with George, Leonard, Beverly, Morris. I mean, these guys are just defensive monsters, right? They're so good. They're so, they're, yeah, they're just defensively so strong. Well, quick, um, quick question for you as a Rocket fan. Would you rather see them or the Lakers? I was just going to say, yeah, I'd rather play the Lakers than the Clippers. And, yeah, but okay. I, the Clippers series is way more exciting, like, from, like, just the matchup standpoint. Matchup, yeah. Like, definitely. that would just be so fun. Like, I would just have butterflies all the time, just being like, oh, I can't wait to watch these games. They did beat the, you guys by, like, 30 points recently, right? They won by, like, a good amount when they played you guys? No, you know, I think the Rockets actually had some good success against them. They, I, they, I know they beat us at least once, but I know we beat them at least once. I think either they beat us twice or we beat them twice. I know that the the technical foul game, I know the Rockets won that one. And it's one of the, you know, highlight moments, right? When he crossed up Beverly, you know, and took, you know, him. And then he, off, he took the three-pointer. We got knocked over. I just don't know. I just don't like them. I, I think they're going to lose. If they get the matched up with the Nuggets or they get matched up with the, the Rockets in the second round, if they can make it out of the first round, I think they're going to lose. So I just don't have any faith in them. So that's why I didn't pick them. I mean, obviously, I've seen, like, some of those bubble lists, and they're, like, the number one ranked team, right? Like, yeah. everyone's just like, hey, Kawhi did last year. Paul George is just – I mean, what he, after he elevated his game last year to another level, he's just so good. Yeah. But I don't think they've meshed well together. I think they're going to struggle. But probably I, I, I picked them number five, <laughs> but, but as a Laker fan, they're the team I'm most scared of, you know, out of sure. any team playing against the Lakers, just watching those games, they, they're the scariest team against them. I would agree. I think they'd be the scariest team for me as a Rockets fan. I think, but I think that's weird because the Lakers have been just the better team all year, but I know the Clippers have been a little bit banged up. Um, and I know Kawhi doesn't always play every game, depending on if it's back to back or if he needs some rest. And I don't know if the rest really helps these guys as much as we think it does. I think sometimes it's, they make some rest and they have to start and stop. And it just increases sometimes that chance for injury. Sort of like pitching. Like sometimes resting doesn't always help you. It's good to just be in a good rhythm to get ready for so the if you, So if you guys so. stay the sixth seed and you beat the number three seed, you will likely see the Clippers in the second round, right? Yeah, I think the, for the Rockets, I think they'd want to get the fourth seed and play the Jazz and then get the Lakers would be the, would be the ultimate draw. Okay. Um, or, find, or find a way for the Clippers to go to the four seed, which I don't know is possible. But and then have the Lakers have to play them. I mean, obviously you don't want to play have to play both. But um, and the Rockets are used to going through tough, tough challenges. They are the team that won it as the six seed in the ninety four ninety five season. So that won't that won't deter them. All right, no more Rockets talk. Let's get to our right. next pick. Right. Yeah. So with my, I have two back to back picks here, and and I'll be I'll be honest. I feel. Uh, iffy about both of them. I want to give them the benefit of the doubt because I know that they can get to a place where they can compete. And I'm picking two East Coast teams. Uh, the first team I'm picking, and and honestly, I, I really wrestled with these two teams and how to organize them. And so maybe you all can give me your thoughts after I pick them here uh, of which team you, you want to pick. And maybe we can even talk about them together. But my first pick is going to be the Boston Celtics. They were 43-21, and 21, third in the East. They are, you know, they, again, these the team is just uh, a team that checks off a lot of the boxes that you would want in, in a contender. They are 
deep. They have good chemistry. Even though they were had younger guys last year, they have gained experiences um, in the playoffs. They, they went all the way to the Eastern Conference title game. They have played really well together, especially this year coming after kind of the not-so-great chemistry that they had in the previous year. They are good on both sides of the ball, and they have people that can score. Uh, they have Tatum, they have Jalen Brown, and they have Kemba Walker. And they're just a really versatile team on, on offense and defense. But, you know, I think the big question for me is, is Kemba Walker. I know there was a lot of conversations about how serious his knee injury is. I've heard reports you know, in podcasts where people are like, you know, it's not that serious. He's all good. He's ready to go. But from other folks, that it seems like this has been an issue for a while this year and it has really been bugging him and you know after the all-star game he only played four games and he was only shooting at I think 30 percent from the field which was not great so I I do think to me like a big if on how well the Celtics do uh really is hanging on on Kemba Walker and his shoulders that that's my take on on the Celtics yeah, I mean, Kemba, they, he took a lot of heat, too, for playing a lot of minutes in the All-Star game and <laughs> not playing, like, that first game back. You're like, why, why are you playing so much in the All-Star game, Kemba? But people were but, wondering yeah. if that's what really yeah, know, messed the, him up. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, from the pick standpoint, I mean, they have the fifth best odds from Vegas to win it all, 17-1. to 1. So they were the next one up. So that's a good, solid pick. And I agree. I mean, well-coached. I mean, I think we can say that maybe about every East <laughs> Eastern Conference team. Well-coached. And they obviously defensively and from a talent standpoint, they have the ability to come out of the East. I mean, I don't know if, if the Raptors or Bucks or, you know, Heat, I don't know the top four teams. I don't know if they're, you know, you're definitely going to say, hey, these teams are going to make it out of it. And so I think, I think it's solid. I mean, you, you know, you have the Lakers, you have the Celtics. I don't know if you're allowed to do that, Danny. Um, and, and, and let me say this first before I, my next team is going to be the Sixers. I really went between back and forth between these two teams. And I'm going to talk about the Sixers here in a second, but it, it was, you know, it's that big if for me that made me kind of hesitant. But at the end of the day, I, I just feel like I'll talk about this with the Sixers. I felt like Boston, despite some of the things, were a more consistent team. So I, I went ahead with them. <laughs> No, they're definitely the more consistent yeah. team. I think yeah. that's, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, they're definitely the most more consistent. I think you're kind of, even though Kemba Walker has been there only for this year, but I think you're kind of seeing a passing of the torch with this team, right? And I think the Celtics' chances are going to hinge on their two young guys, Tatum and Jalen Brown. You saw what Tatum could do, I think, after the All-Star break. You, you saw the leap that he was taking. And I think he should be the Celtics' go-to player. At the end of games, it should, the ball should go to him. And I wonder how guys like Kemba Walker and Gordon Hayward are going to feel uh, in regards to just kind of like letting these two young studs take the reins of this team and being the leaders of this team. And I think they can. I mean, Hayward and Kemba, they seem like chill guys who would, who are great teammates to, to let these, these guys pretty much just take over. I think the size is going to be an issue, especially if they match up against Milwaukee or Philadelphia, like Danny was saying, he's going to pick them in a bit. I think they actually match up kind of well with the Raptors. So that's actually a, a good potential series if they ever play each other. But I still can't believe Danny picked the Celtics, though. But I, I, yeah. picked, the Clippers. I picked the Clippers, so I can't talk. Oh, so. yes. So, yeah, with my, my next pick, I'm picking the Sixers. And so they will be my third pick, uh, seventh overall. So, you know, it, it, it was 
it's frustrating thinking about the Sixers. I, I can't even imagine being a Philly fan right now. There's, they're so talented. You know, they are so talented. In many ways, I think they're more talented than, than the Celtics, and yet they just seem like a complete, I don't know, like an enigma to me. <laughs> they, they, they have chemistry issues that people have talked about. They have a horrible, horrible road record. We're playing in the bubble. I, you know, they're not at home. They, they were really, really weak. I think they were 12-18 and 18 against teams with winning records this season. And again, <laughs> they're the more talented, physical, you know, capable team. Um, in my opinion, even an argument could be that they're, they're in the East, the most talented and capable team. Yet they were 39-26 and 26 in the season. They were sixth seed in the East. And right before COVID happened, you know, they were 16 and 13 with a negative three net rating. And so I don't know how to think about them. I feel like it's been a disappointing season, but yet I'm still, I'm still banking that they'll get it together, that something will click. I mean, I'm seeing videos of them seeming to be doing better in in practice. You you have them practicing (laughs) and but you don't know. I don't know. You know, I, yeah. I can't. I can't Danny. put all my hope into yeah. Ben Simmons three that I see on on Instagram. Yeah. But you know, they just have so much talent that it would be um, sad if, if this ended ugly. They 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 have the potential to be good on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. But who knows? But but I think for me, if if this does go ugly, I mean, I'm sure we're going to expect major changes in Philly. But this team is a is a really think of all the teams. I, I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't get what's happening think, in Philly. And I think just like the Rockets, this is another one of those high ceiling kind of teams. And it's okay, Danny, that you don't get this team. You don't understand this team because I don't think Brett Brown understands this team yet either. <laughs> like they're the team in this whole bubble that is using this bubble time to just reconfigure everything, right? They're switching it up. They're going to start Shake Milton, I think, in their starting lineup, and they're going to put Al Horford on the bench. So they're kind of going on the fly and trying to figure out things that will work because they just haven't figured out their identity yet. They don't know whether Embiid and Horford can play together. They don't don't necessarily know if Embiid and Ben Simmons can play together. But if they figure it out, though, it's going to be scary, right? Like, they got all these defensive guys, Josh Richardson – Al Horford, and we know what Embiid and Ben Simmons can do, and, Matisse, and you know Tobias, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tybal, and you know, and yeah. you have Tobias Harris as a solid eighteen and nine kind of guy on your team. So they have the firepower to beat Milwaukee to get to the finals, but it's just the fact that they don't necessarily know who they are yet. And like you said, Danny, if this team doesn't make it out, doesn't make it to the finals, or even doesn't make it out of the second round, I don't know if I expect Embiid and Simmons to be on the same team next year. You know. I well, I mean, <laughs> they're not supposed to get out of the first round. I mean, they got, they're probably going to match up with a team like the Celtics. And so, first of all, I agree, completely agree, Jose. High ceiling pick, Danny. So, I mean, I think we're we're trying to pick the winner. So, going with high ceiling picks is is the way to go, right? Um, I think only the Nuggets had better odds left on Vegas at twenty. You know, the uh, twenty-five to one. Twenty-five to one, but the Sixers were at twenty-eight. So that's that's not bad. I think it's a it's a solid it's a solid pick. I think one of the reasons why I was not probably going to pick them. They had an awful road record, 10 and 24 in the season. I mean, they were 29 and two. They were so good at home and then they were just a completely different team on the road. So being in the bubble, how does that impact them? I think that would be, and it might not mean anything, right? Because it's not like they're playing in another team's like home court either. 
But yeah, who knows if they put it together. But from a talent standpoint, especially a defensive talent standpoint, yeah, they could match up with the Bucks and they can go toe to toe. I don't know. Like, there's just something about them where they just seem like they don't put it together. So it'll be fun. I, I think it's a good pick, though. Yeah, it's, it's one of the teams that I'm really interested to see, um, even in the you know the eight regular season games or whatever before the postseason. How they I, do? I'm really interested. I would, I would love for them to lose and somehow Ben Simmons makes a way on the Rockets. Oh, the hell's that? No more. No more. I'll stop. I'm done. No more Rockets. But if Ben Simmons is on the Rockets, he's the perfect, like, you know, we could just get up and go and stuff. And he can just do laps. Okay, Jose, you go with the next pick. Okay, Jose. You have the Bucks and the Clippers so far. This would be your third pick, but eight overall. Who is going to be your pick? Like I said in the previous podcast, I sometimes hate having being in the middle between you guys. I want that luxury of drafting two teams. <laughs> oh, yeah. You hate having the Bucks and the Clippers. Oh, that sounds so awful, Jose. You have the worst pick. And you have all the, yeah. I only have the Clippers because you didn't want to choose them. So, uh, That's true. It's down to two teams for me, but I'm going to go with Skinny Jokic. I'm going to go with Denver. I'm excited to see how they'll, how they'll play. I'm also nervous because, you know, with him losing all this weight, and he even said it himself, like, he doesn't know how he'll play. He doesn't know if he'll be faster. He doesn't know if he'll get – he's not as strong in the post, you know, because he was a great post defender against these guys that he's going to see in the Western Conference. I think they're a really good team. They're solid. Paul Millsap, Jamal Murray, all these guys are really good con- contributors for the team. We saw Jamal Murray could do in the playoffs last year. I think the next factor for them is what Will Barton and Michael Porter Jr. can do, especially Michael Porter Jr., and if they're actually going to let him play let him play some some heavy minutes in these playoffs. And I think it's a time. Like if 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 in the long run your top two players are Nikola Jokic and Michael Porter Jr., you need to let Michael Porter Jr. play now, you know. Denver's my team. I think they're currently slated to play who? Do you guys know? I think it's the Rockets, right? Yeah, they're the number three. They're gonna be, they'll be playing the Rockets. So they'll be seeing Taylor's Rockets <laughs> if it happens. There's I think- no way. I don't think there's any way that the seeds hold up as are. I mean, especially in the in the West where, like, I mean, the East maybe they'll hold up because the teams at 7, 8, and below are just awful. But in the West, all the teams are, like, pretty much tied or within, like, a half game or, like, one or two games. There'll be enough movement, but the Nuggets would not be a good matchup for the Rockets. The Rockets would want would like to play the the Nuggets as well. No, I actually so, think so. Yeah. I actually think that the the Rockets would. I would think that they would be the favorite against the Nuggets. But maybe they, that's why Jokic lost all that weight to play against the Rockets. No, well, I mean, first of all, the Rockets just don't want to play the the Lakers or the Clippers for sure. I like the pick. So obviously they were next on the board with Vegas at twenty five to one, stronger odds than the the Sixers. You know, sometimes they get overlooked. I mean, they're really good. They, you know, they're always like a t- the the second or third best team, just like last year. But then last year they lost to the the Blazers. <laughs> it's like every all the things we think about them are somewhat true. But yeah, I mean, they have a lot of talented players. They just we just have not seen them do it right, and so it's really hard to pick a team where you haven't really seen them do it. But from I could easily see them beating anyone in the West. I can also see them losing to anyone in the West. So it should be fun. Jokic is maybe this will be the year he just like totally like just takes over in the bubble, and we're like, wait, he's the best center in the NBA. Yeah, and, and you know they were they were doing pretty well throughout the season. They were the third seed in the West at forty three and twenty two. After the All Star game, they were at. 500 there were five and five coming out of that you know and I think this is maybe not to speculate or, or to assume uh the worst here maybe this is and I don't want to come off insensitive but we also don't know we know that Jokic got um the COVID, COVID when he was in Serbia 
we had other players that are barely rejoining the team now uh, with Michael Porter Jr., uh, Tory Craig, Gary Harris. So, so a lot of their guys that I think are big, a big impact. Like we don't know just the effects of what they're going through, kind of coming back from that. And even with Jokic losing the weight, like that's just a big question mark. Um, the recovery process of what that looks like are some guys, you know, barely like today, the 21st rejoining the team. Um, are they going to have enough time to click? But, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. You know, that's just a big unknown for me. But nonetheless, I think when, when the Nuggets have all their guys and, and they're healthy, they have the versatility both on offense and defense. They can score well, and they could really be lethal. Um, I can, you know, I can see them uh, making it to the Western Conference final if, if things go well. I mean, that's, that's, that's maybe more optimistic on the optimistic end, but I, I do wonder uh, about that with them. But uh, we'll see. But I, I think that's a good pick here. I would and, love Mike, to see and Mike Malone always has him playing tough, yeah. so I always appreciate that. I would love to see a Clippers-Nuggets um, semifinals. Yeah, I mean, if we're drafting to say, hey, we think these teams are going to get really far, right? And then not necessarily win, but maybe make it to the finals, conference finals or whatnot. You have two of the top three in the West, and you have the number one seed in the East. Um, Jose, I know you can complain all day that you don't have the wings here at the first or third pick, but you have – you definitely have the, the best squad on paper, so – even if me and Danny think it's not going to go out look like that. Um, but <laughs> All right, Taylor. I can't wait to go over this. Okay. So, so, Taylor, this is the ninth pick overall, your third pick. So, I think when you look at my team, like on paper, after we do this, I think I'm going to look, my team's going to look weird. But remember, it's results based. So, you can make fun of me. So, I'm going, so my next pick, I'm going with the Heat. So, I'm going chalk with the, with the odds here. So, I'm going with the Heat as the next pickup. I think that obviously, from the Heat perspective, they're a top four team in the East. Not like it matters, but if they get if they match up with the Pacers, I like that matchup against the Pacers, especially if Sabonis or Oladipo aren't hundred percent. If Brogdon's not hundred percent, just I just like where the Heat could be. Obviously, I like having Jimmy Butler and Adebayo and what they've done. Now they have Iguodala there, and so from a defensive standpoint, from just a leadership standpoint, they have a lot of good pieces. And I know Duncan Robinson can hit seven to eight three pointers a game. Just, you know, you got to guard him. He can just go anywhere. And that's so a lot of three-pointers, Taylor. Seven well, to eight. That's what he makes. Game. That's what he makes a game. Just watch just watch those games that we're not He doesn't literally make seven eight, <laughs> but he does. And you should watch how many three-pointers he makes. He's, he's the new Steph Curry. I didn't know if you knew that. But Duncan Robinson <laughs> is, he's a real thing. And so, you know what? And if they get matched up with the Bucks in the second round, and they won, or they won a few games, wouldn't surprise me. So, I think, I think when I was looking at the other teams that were available, I felt like the Heat had the best chance of making like a little bit of a run here. Do I think they're going to win it all? Probably not. But when I was looking at the other teams, and team, and, I'm, and it's, they're easy to root for for me, so I'm going with the Heat. I think they have a similar team to the Raptors, I think. and uh, Because of just how many wings they have. They have so many guys that they can throw at other guys' perimeter players. You have Jimmy Butler. You have Iguodala. You also have um, Jay Crowder on that team. And you probably have the best defender in the league right now against Giannis, which is Bam Adebayo, who I'm excited to see in the playoffs. And I'm, I'm hopeful that he, that he's healthy and he's gonna be, he's gonna be in the playoffs because he's not currently in the bubble right now. I think so. Hopefully he's he's fine. Um, I think, but yeah, they have they have a I, really good team. I think he might have just gone to the bubble. Yeah, hopefully, um, like in the last day or so. I think the questions will be when can he play? What does he look like? Is he healthy? 
you know, him and Nunn, yeah. you know, what and are I'm, they, I, you know, I'm yeah. also excited to see what Iguodala can do. Cause I think we only saw a small sample size of him being integrated into the team. And now he has, he's had the past couple of weeks to join the team. And hopefully we're going to see what Andre Iguodala could do in the playoffs. And it's crazy to think that out of that golden state warriors team that we saw last year in the past couple of years, that the only person in the playoffs right now from that, Hampton Five is Andre Iguodala. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. They they were they're fourth in the East. They they had a forty one and twenty four record. You know, I, th- I think to echo you all, they have it's a good combination of veterans and and younger guys. One of the things that I think cannot be denied about the Heat is they have a, a guys talented guys on their team that can score. They have seven players on their roster that are averaging more than eleven points per game, which is really really impressive. I think some of the things that, that I worry about, though, with the Heat is they have a lot of new faces, you know, whether it's Jimmy Butler, Kendrick Nunn, Tyler Hero, Jay Crowder, Iggy, who are all sort of having their first years in Miami. So I, I wonder just how they're clicking um, as a team. Miami hasn't had a net rating of uh, three uh, since November. Uh, so they, they haven't been as good. They are good at, at home also. They were 27-5, and five, but um, have not really been a good road team either. So similar to, to, to the Sixers, I'm not sure how this is going to translate to the bubble. Obviously, they're closer to home, but, you know, I, I just wonder, a lot of those new faces, when the playoffs come, you know, are, are they going to depend on all seven players scoring points? Or are they going to have some leaders that emerge out of out of this this lineup and this roster that is all very talented, but... You know what? What is that going to look like? So, um, those those are some questions I have. But I don't think you can deny that they have tons of playmakers on this team. They're they're always going to be disciplined. You know, with with the culture that the Miami Heat has, and you're going to also again to, to echo Taylor, another well coached team with Spolstra um, coming out of here, coming out of the East here. Yeah, no, I think those are all fair. And, you know, honestly, when you're looking at a lot of these teams as we get to, you know, 9, 10, there's, there's some definitely holes to where there's obviously different tiers of teams that we think are going to make it. And the, I don't think the Heat are in the first two tiers. And so, but um, of all these like mid-tier teams that we're going through right now, they're one of the ones that I like. And I think the Heat are the beginning of, you know, after the, the Nuggets got drafted, I think the Heat are in this new tier. So that's what I'm going with. And we'll see how they do. Who knows? So, Taylor, who do you have with your next pick? You have the Raptors at the three spot. You picked up the Rockets at the four. uh, And number nine, the Heat. So this is going to be the 10th pick overall, your fourth pick. Who do you have here? I'm going going to go off the board again, guys. I will never pick the Jazz for anything, just so you know. I hate the Jazz. So I hope they lose, and I hope I just wish like nothing but losses for that franchise. So anyway, I'm going to go with the, I'm, I'm going with the Thunder here with my next pick. I know Vegas has them at 101, so from an odd standpoint, but hey, they were really good. Like, like I think they were like a top three team, like record wise, near the back half. And Chris Paul has this team playing really well. And I think when you have a good leader who really helps gel the team together, and there's a few players in the NBA who can do that, you know, I'm excited to see what they can do with Shy, with 
with Steven Adams and with all some of these other guys and Gallinari stays healthy. Is he in the bubble? I feel like he'd be someone who's hurt, who's not in the bubble, but he's in the bubble. I've seen him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not so that sorry. I've seen him, but I've seen him. Like, yeah. You're in the bubble yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I mean, I think they're going to be good. And then I saw reports like Andre Robertson, like was, was practicing. So you get another good defensive player there. Um, I know he's not really going to hit a bunch of shots or free throws, but you know, you just get these good players. You know, I didn't, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not big on the Mavs like other people are. I'm not big on the Jazz, and I don't like them at all. I don't really like the Pacers. And so for me, if I was looking at a wild card where I thought, hey, if they get matched up with, you know, the Rockets or the Nuggets or the Jazz in that first round, you know, I definitely think they could win those those series. And then if they start moving into the second round, I think with some of these picks, I think that's a win for what, for what I'm looking for. I echo that same statement, Taylor. Um, I'm pretty upset that you took them because I actually was going to take the Thunder if they fell to me because I really wanted to choose them. And I think a lot has to say with Chris Paul's leadership on the team. I know Chris Paul can get critiqued for be, for how he how he runs his team and how he comes off at times, but he's he's a great leader in my opinion. And I think um, he's not seen as a great clutch player, but you can see their fourth quarter stats and how they are in late game situations. And they're really good. The Thunder's really good in those in those key moments. And I, they have a really effective lineup when all three guards are playing. Schroeder and um, SGA are playing for them. And yeah, there, there's a there's, it's a kind of a wild card with Andre Roberson. I think he probably would be a power forward on that team, right? Guarding bigger guys. And <laughs> I call him Robertson. Trying. I call him Robertson, huh? I'm such a I'm such a hater because he did some good stuff at Colorado against Cal. I'm just bitter. Um, he, he hasn't played in yeah. he hasn't played in like two years, so it's yeah. It's okay to, to be fair, him. he hasn't played basketball in a while. I love yeah. I love when the Rockets would just foul him. And they just yeah. like he's like a 25 percent free throw shooter. Okay, yeah, but you go. yeah, that that lineup with just having Schroeder, SGA, and Chris Paul that's such a luxury. You have three point guards, and I really expect a really good playoffs from their young guy in SGA. I know I'm really excited to see what he can do. And Steven Adams is solid. I know I always get flack at times because I always choose to draft Steven Adams in fantasy. And uh, it usually works out for me with like 12, 10 and maybe a block. But this year it kind of didn't pan out, but he's a solid big man. I thought he'd get better rebounds this year since Russell Westbrook wasn't stealing his rebounds. But, <laughs> but you know, he's you know, good. He sets good screens. Yeah, go ahead, Danny. Taylor, you were you were concerned that maybe this was completely off the radar pick, and you would shock us. But I actually like the pick too. You know, the the Thunder started five and ten at the start of the season, and since then they've gone thirty five and fourteen. That's the fourth best winning percentage in the league. They had in in games within five minutes or less, so games that came down to the clutch. They have the second best defensive rating at ninety four point one, and in fourth quarters they have the best net rating eight point nine in the league this year. So when it comes down to the clutch, you know, they're, they're winning games. Uh, yeah. they're, they're, and the other thing, you know, when you think about Chris Paul, SGA, uh, Schroeder, and Gallinari, they're all averaging over 17 points per game. That is That four-man lineup ranks number one in the NBA in net rating at plus 30 um, with minutes of over 300 played. They're good. <laughs> they're good. And when pressure is on them, they, they tend to perform. Here, here is the drawback, though. OKC is only nine and seventeen against teams with winning records, <laughs> and so <laughs> you know when when we're talking about the bubble and we're talking about the postseason, right? That's that's this is where it's going to count because every team in the bubble, you know, is is vying for a 
uh, playoff spot. So all of these teams are going to be competitive. So a nine and 17 record against uh, good teams is, is not something that is incredibly encouraging, but again, they, they, they have the talent to do it, but we'll, we'll see what, and it seems that they do it under pressure. So we'll see what that looks like here when, when pressure is at its max. Yeah. I was looking at their team and one thing I thought was kind of lacking was their bench. I don't think I could really name more than like three guys on their bench besides Roberson. I honestly, maybe the shooter starting for them. Oh, he comes off the bench, I think. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe him, but I just, so yeah, with that and, who is starving for a championship? I know Taylor, your Rockets, James Harden, and Russell Westbrook, they won a championship. But Chris Paul, man, like to solidify his legacy, I know he's not a favorite to win it, but man, this guy wants to win a championship. He wants to win a championship so much that if, you're, if your other team is not having their jerseys tucked in, he will make sure that they will get teed up for it. Taylor, you know? so, be honest. Yeah, and any regrets? It, Taylor, well, be honest. Bro, for the Westbrook trade? No. And no regrets for the Paul trade either. <laughs> Look. There's just sometimes it's time to move on. The, the, so the Chris Paul trade was obviously a success for the Rockets. They were the one seed. They're the, probably the best team to never win it with that one season. And, you know, obviously the hamstring cost them, right? But then I think at some point, you know, the, the Rockets seemed to get more explosive. And that's what Westbrook did. But real real Chris quickly, Paul, real, real quickly about though, that trade, though. That trade. Didn't Chris Paul tell Doc Rivers that he was going to sign with Houston? So, like, so at least get something for them? That's a, that was my drawback on that. Like, why would you do that? I guess. I mean, I guess for the money wise, well, Rockets then, need to clear cap space too. But so, could, could yeah. they have kept guys like Beverly or Lou Williams and have gone Chris Paul? I don't um, know. I just I mean, was my thing. They gotta, they gotta, they gotta pay the guy, right? So they had to re-sign Paul. So they they needed to to be able to pay him. They probably had to trade a bunch of those guys to make the money match. They he helped in one sense, I think, because either he didn't opt in or he did something to help the Rockets too. But that trade, you know, obviously a lot of those guys are on the Clippers now, right? They're like the six man every year. You know, it's Lou Williams, it might be Harold this year. So all the six men, and then Beverly is just like the number one menace, just amazing defender like i loved him with the rockets so we miss him too we miss those guys so it made the clippers better now because now they have, they can really mesh well with well i don't know if they mesh well but they're supposedly mesh well with with Kawhi and with with paul so jose who do you have with the next pick it's your fourth pick it's the 11th overall pick it's tough i'm still recovering from that thunder pickup <laughs> from taylor None of these teams are making it out of the first round anyway, Jose. Simmer down. It's all right. Um, (laughs) I think I'm just going to have to choose based on, like, most potential and also just who has the ability to actually win a series. And I'm going with the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, they have a pretty good team. And with Victor Oladipo, it looks like he's going to play. So that raises their ceiling exponentially. Their matchup right now is that they're playing Miami. And I think if there's a team that they could beat, it'd be that team over the other guys that are in Eastern Conference. I mean, DeMontis Sabonis, he's, a, he's an all-star this year. He gets a lot of rebounds. Miles Turner is a great de- defensive player that's holding down your front line. Malcolm Brogdon, I feel like, is just a solid leader at your point guard position. And TJ Warren really took a leap this year, too, as a defender, as a three-point shooter. That's a pretty good starting five. If they can get some contribution from the bench, and if Oladipo can maybe get to, like, 90%, to, to where he was a couple several seasons ago, they're going to have a shot to to make some noise. And hopefully he can get to 100%. They're going to have a really good shot to to upset some teams here. Yeah, they, they had a really uh, solid net rating after the All-Star break. They were 7-3 and three following the All-Star break. So they were they were in a pretty good rhythm. They were at 39-26. And, and 
uh, the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I think Ol- Oladipo was sort of the the big piece here. You know, the question is, what is he going to look like? Is he going to be at 100%? Is he not? And we talked about this in our, in our Pacers podcast, but, you know, how much is the expectation to push him uh, to the limits here to get out of the first round, perhaps? Um, and we talked about right now with, with the matchup uh, likely being against the Heat as it stands right now and how that would actually be a really good matchup that they could possibly win. I think one of the guys that, that also is not often talked about here is Malcolm Brogdon. Along with Sabonis, he he was having an all-star level season. So, you know, when you have Malcolm Brogdon, Sabonis, and Oladipo uh, for you, that is that is a solid, solid three. And so, you know, I, I, I actually like the pick here, Jose. I, I can see them giving teams some fits, but it is it is a very big, volatile thing with, with Oladipo and where his health is at. So I think he he might play a factor. He might not. Who knows? But you know, I, I could see I could see why you picked the Pacers here. I don't like the Pacers at all. I don't think it's a bad pick. I just I feel there's too many injury concerns with Oladipo, Brogdon, and even Sabonis. They said his foot's not doing that well, and they've been resting him and whatnot. And I just don't know if with all of these guys and with this group, if this is the year, uh, they're a good team, not a great team. And I, I just think they're going to lose. I don't think they're as talented as the Heat. I don't think they're as talented as the Sixers or the Celtics. And if they get matched up in, in those series, I think they'll lose. So I just don't like them. But I think oh, the pick's solid. Well, I mean, should, they're just who, a, should, who should yeah. I have picked, Taylor? No, 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 no. Wait, wait, hold on. I do want to say we're something. We're not picking those guys right now, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we're I'm not picking contenders anymore. Anyway. But I do think. <laughs> I no, but I mean, I if, if you're if you're looking at teams like that could be available, you have the Mavs, you have the Jazz, you have some other squads where if you're like so sure, like that the Pacers are going to pick. Taylor, if I would, if I, I would like pick those teams. If I would have picked those teams, you would have hated on them too. You just said prior for different reasons. I would you don't like the Jazz. You don't like the Mavs. You just said that when you picked the Thunder. So. I don't like them. Yeah, but I, I think, don't like I think that. Doesn't mean I'm right. Like, but I think I what like you both Pacers are saying. I think what you're both saying is true, right? Because the the Pacers haven't been able to beat the Bucks, Raptors, or Celtics in the East, so they actually have not solved the top contenders. But again, to, to what we said earlier, though, if they do get a matchup with the Heat, if it's a four and five matchup. I could actually see Indiana advancing to the second round. I think that's likely if, yeah, if, and that, I think, if that pans out. Oh, you think likely? Danny, you guys wow. think it's likely? So you guys think that the Pacers would be favored? Yeah, I think that would be a competitive well, series. I think well, that, I, I actually, well, even though I chose better the Pacers. Than the, you think they're better than the Heat, Danny? That's even though I, I, I think it's Pacers, closer than you think. think. So, no, but that's second. not the answer. One Do you think they're better than the Heat? No. I wouldn't choose the Pacers over the Heat. But here's okay, my thing. Continue. If I would have chose, I just think they have a shot. You know, like if I chose the Mavs, I'm thinking, who are they going up against? Right now, they're going up against the Clippers. Clippers, then Nuggets, then Lakers, yeah. And I think that is, that's the only team that has jazz, a shot, right? Like, Given like the matchup. If I choose the Jazz, I don't like their chances either. You know, so I feel like Indiana has the best shot to maybe win, win a series. I mean, if, I'm think, if I want to choose like my favorite teams, I'm choosing guys out of the out of the playoffs right now who are trying to make it into the playoffs yeah but, but you don't think yeah. you don't think like the like if the mavs got a certain pick like if they got the 5 seed and the mavs were playing like the 
like the rockets or something. Or no, yeah, not the rockets. But, I mean, no, yeah, look, if they if they play the there's thunder, no, look, I, there's a chance there. But. I don't. I already told you. I did uh, the picks good. I, the, there's no bad picks at this point. All the picks are bad, right? So I think it's more. I I don't like the team is what I was saying. Not I don't like the pick. <laughs> I don't think the I think the Pacers what is Indiana are for sure. Are for the Pacers, sure. Lose. The pa- our we Pacers just talked about their beautiful out. franchise, and here you they're, are crapping on they're it. They're losing first round no matter what. I don't care who they play, they're losing first round. That's what I think. And I could be wrong, but I think for sure they're losing first round. But it's, I don't – like, the pick's fine. It's, it's not any worse than any of my picks. So It definitely is. That's definitely what you're saying. <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. There's no good picks. This isn't like we're building, like, our franchise. We're picking teams that we think yeah, are no, going to no. win. Like, it's different. Yeah. But yeah. your picks were the Raptors, Rockets, Heat, and OKC. You definitely think that the Pacers are worse than all those, for sure. Oh yeah, no, for those teams, yeah. But <laughs> okay. I don't like them. But that—that's not. Yeah. But I'm wrong. I could. Be, I'm probably more wrong than I'm right. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I don't think there's. You gotta, a, you gotta take your shots, Tay. I'm not rooting right. for them. So, <laughs> this is gonna be my fourth pick, and it's gonna be 12th pick overall. So far, I have the Lakers, Celtics, and Sixers. My 12th pick is going to be the Dallas Mavericks, and the reason why is I think that they are likely going to make a stronger push to move up from the seventh seed. I, I think they're going to want to avoid playing the Clippers. And so I think if they have Porzingis back at closer to full strength with the rest, and I know Luca was also dealing with some injuries. I know his thumb, his wrist, and other things. I, I think the fact that they are better it is good. Um, I know that there was talk about Doncic, whether he was going to be in shape, but he, he seems to look fine. I think they're a really good, you know, one-two punch that could, again, they're not going to be an easy out. And, and I think if they move up from that 7C to a 6, a 5, I could see them giving teams more struggles um, and having a, a better push. So I, I do think that if they are able to, you know, make it to that level, I, I can see them, you know, causing problems and havoc in the West. They were 40 and 27th, seventh seed in the West when, when all this happened. Uh, so I think that that is going to be a goal with, with the eight yeah. games. I think they're going to try to do uh, whatever they can to get out of that seventh seed. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the Dallas Mavericks. I think they're the next best pick here. They have to try to really outscore teams. I mean, they're the third, they, they're the third highest scoring team in the league and they, they shoot the second most amount of threes second to the Rockets, I think. And yeah, when I think about the Mavericks, I, I always try to wonder like, why are they so good? You know? And I think they have a real, I think it's because of their bench as well. And obviously <laughs> the, way, the way Luca has been playing and um, yeah, he's a great, great player. There's always, there's, I feel like there's something missing with them and maybe it's the, it's, it's the wings. It's the wing defense. I don't know. They, they did sign. What's his name? Oh, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. I don't know if that's actually. <laughs> you tell us. You tell us what's his name. Yeah, yeah we you don't know. Some deep dive into. You can't read your mind. Can't read your mind. Yeah. What well, the thing is, like, I don't really know their wings. Like Michael Kidd Gilchrist, I guess, is the guy that, that they signed recently. Um, they part of each other. I just want to say I'm insulted you know that, that you think we would uh, help you get to MKG. Like yeah, I you guys knew MKG. <laughs> yeah. I, I do have to give props for Dorian Finney-Smith. I, he has been playing well, and he is the one that's going to be likely to guard the LeBrons, the Hardens, and the Kawhi Leonard's on this team, though. So it's not going to be Luka, that's for sure. 
Danny, I just want to say how much I love this pick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean, look, I mean, I think you're you're banking on you have a really good player in Luca. You know, maybe first team All NBA, at least going to be second team All NBA. And so, if he just keeps taking it to another level, another gear, and just gets hot, it's you know, I think you're it's a good lottery ticket, right? And then who knows? Maybe Porzingis will. We'll play good, <laughs> or maybe he'll be consistent. That's I mean, obviously he does things. I mean, look, yeah, Dan, they're, for, they're forty to one. I mean, so in terms of odds up right now, they're definitely it's a it's great value that you're getting there. And I mean, I'm with Jose. I don't know, you know, how they can advance, but if they can win some games and some teams can struggle and then can get a different matchup or they can get the Nuggets somehow, then I can definitely see them winning that for sure. Regarding so, Luka, though, um, sorry, it's, more of a, it's more of a Luka question. Luka Doncic, regarding his international play, where do you guys see him if he had a full, healthy career? He's the best international player since who? Who do you guys think? Dirk. Where do you think he's going to rank? Dirk. Dirk? No. Dirk? We gotta go more. There's probably a lot more players since Siakam. <laughs> or is he, is he, is he, is Siakam's, a, Siakam's too young to tell. I, I mean – you think he can have a better? What about what about Steve Nash? You think he'll have a better career than Steve Nash? I mean, what do you mean, yeah. like career? I mean, he's already like trending yeah. to have a better career than yeah. Steve Nash for sure. But because yeah. you're comparing him to like LeBron's stats, right? I mean, to what he's yeah. What but he's I'm saying doing since right since yeah, I think since I, yeah, I stick with my answer because I think Dirk retired after Nash, so I think yeah. the, the most recent one I can think of is Dirk. He, he could be number one on the list at the end of the at the end of the day. Well, we're talking about international players. Are we talking about players who've played overseas and came here, or are we talking about maybe like grew up overseas? What do you mean by like international, like in that sense? Like, I don't play, know. like grew up like I'm talking about like a Ricky yeah. Rubio type, like where they they you know they came over here after having some you know experience with Olympics overseas, or are we talking yeah. about hey He's like not an talking Embiid. about Safar Marber in China? No, but I mean, is he talking about like an <laughs> as a Joel Embiid? Uh, you know, are we uh, talking Joel, about yeah, Siakam? Joel I mean, Embiid. we're talking about yeah. some guys who. Maybe we should solidify this and then have an international draft in one of our podcasts. Yeah, we're gonna we're probably gonna have an international draft. Maybe we'll, we can. We'll figure out we'll figure out those rules that. It's but definitely yeah. not. All that to say, Luca's gonna be good, Jose. All that to say, Luca's gonna be good. So no, he is good, Danny. It's not going to be good. He is really look, good. I have basketball cards. I've invested in so many of his rookie cards already. So trust <laughs> me, if there's anyone banking on him being good in the You're future, gonna make millions, Danny. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, by the way, side note. Did you all see that LeBron, one of his rookies' cards, sold for like over a million dollars? And then LeBron <laughs> uh, retweeted or Instagrammed a picture where he said that he owns his own basketball cards and he has a couple of them at home. I don't know. <laughs> that, that made me a little angry. Anyway, <laughs> like, <laughs> just investing in your own basketball cards. Anyway, um, with my fifth pick and the 13th pick overall, I think that there is a significant drop-off here, and I think it's a really big gamble in a lot of these teams because I think these are these are teams that are on the bubble, right, in terms of them actually making the final eight. So I think I can't pass this team up just with the high ceiling, but I'm going to go with the Portland Trailblazers. So they will be the 13th overall pick, my last pick. You know, I think obviously nothing can – you know, we can't underestimate how good – uh, Dame is and his ability to just take over a game and win. I think, you know, the last game that I saw the Blazers from start to finish was was that Kobe Memorial game. And just the way Dame can go off is amazing. And and with them getting Nurkic back and Zach Collins, 
I think it's going to make it, you know, uh, the team that much competitive. You know, Carmelo hasn't been too bad. Uh, there, there's a chance that Portland does benefit from Carmelo and what he can bring. And obviously the added rest uh, for a lot of the players on this team and in terms of them healing and, and being kind of refreshed to start. And I think the fact that Portland is on the outside looking in, I think there's just going to be an added motivation for them to just be really focused from the get-go. And so I think that that is, that is something that I'm sort of banking on with them. Uh, despite all the injuries and the loss to like the key big men on the team, Dame still helped the Blazers post a league best 25.2 net rating um, in fourth quarters over the last 10 games. So before all this went down, I think the Blazers were just playing really, really well. They're 29 and 37. They're the ninth seed in the West. But I, I think that I think with them coming back, I think it's going to be good. It's going to be a healthy squad, a motivated Dame. The only thing that I could potentially see is them not having to play together and maybe them wasting a lot of that energy just trying to get into the postseason where that might impact them um, in the first round. But, you know, we, we have people already saying that if the Blazers make it, that they might beat the Lakers, that they're going to be the Lakers. I know Charles Barkley had that take on TNT. So people are really big on them. And they uh, have odds of 150 to 1. Uh, not not the greatest odds because uh, they're not even in the postseason, right? But I, I do think in terms of a ceiling perspective and, and a risk there, I, I'm going to pick the Blazers here. I definitely agree with you, Danny, in that when you have Damian Lillard on the floor, anything can happen. He is an amazing player. He's probably my favorite player in the league right now watching the play. I think, though, with this team, like you said, they're integrating new players back. They can't get to They can't get to a rough start, right, because they are – they need to get to a certain amount of games to catch the, the Grizzlies. So if they go like one and three, they really need in the beginning. They really need to step <laughs> if it up. They go they're, one and three, they're done. Uh, they, no, yeah, they, sure. they, 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 no chance. They, 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 they're they not allowed to do one or two, right? Something like that. Well, they, well, they have to go like that. Well, they have yeah, to they, just win, maybe win the same amount as the Grizzlies, and then they'll still be able to be in there. It's within and, four games, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. But they also it, have to be the nine seed. I mean, they're really yeah. close with the Pelicans, and I mean, the Spurs don't really have a lot of guys going there. But yeah, no. so um, with them, though, I think another thing that they have to integrate is the fact that they don't have Trevor Ariza on their team. You know, he was their primary wing defender. Now they brought in Skinny Mello. He's, he's changing positions. He's going from playing the power forward to the small forward. And I think as a Laker fan, all the talk of the Blazers potentially beating the Lakers is – it blows my mind because I actually watch all those games. And besides those games – besides the, the Kobe game, right – I watched the first game when they were in Portland, right? They had Carmelo Anthony having to guard Anthony Davis and how terrible that was. And now, now that he's a small forward, he's going to have to try to guard LeBron James. It's not going to work for them. They don't have Trevor Ariza either. So I, I don't believe it. But I, I get the pick, Danny. It's If they do make the playoffs, they have a chance to make some noise. So. And I also just want to mention CJ McCollum. He's ne- he's so underappreciated that I didn't even mention him. But CJ McCollum oh, yeah. also held his own here. I, I love CJ and just he's trying him he's and trying, are good. Know. Yeah, I don't. He's, I trying, mean, he's trying for Jennifer. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if they can make it to that nine seed, maybe even eight seed, right? But if I know the Grizzlies have a really tough schedule, there I know they have one of the top five toughest schedules there. So if they can catch them and and stay in that nine seed and then win two in a row and beat the Grizzlies to get into the playoffs. But I think they have no chance against the Lakers. I think the Lakers, it wouldn't be a bad thing if they got them. In fact, I feel like the Grizzlies and Pelicans could almost be worse matchups for the Lakers in some sense. So 
But again, who wants to see Dame, especially with what he did last year, going to the Western Conference Finals? So if they get going and Nurkic looks good, yeah, it's good. And I love the Jazz disrespect. So that as they continue to drop here, um, it makes me really happy. So I love that. I love that, Danny. So a quick recap of my team as we go into Taylor's and Jose's last picks. Uh, my first pick was the Lakers. My second pick at the number six spot was the Celtics. My third pick at the number seven spot was the Sixers. And my number fourth pick at the 12 spot was Dallas. And lastly, my fifth spot was number 13, the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Jose, you have the Bucks at the number two spot as your first pick. Clippers at the five spot with your second pick. Nuggets with your third spot at number eight. Uh, number 11 was Indiana in your fourth spot. Who is going to be your last pick here at number 14? I was going to take the Jazz because the, currently they're slated to pick the, to play the Thunder, and I feel like they could win that matchup. But because of what Taylor has been saying, um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the Memphis Grizzlies over here. <laughs> Maybe he'll continue with the Jazz disrespect, but I'll, I'll, I'll make him – I'll force that decision on him. Son of a <laughs> bitch. <laughs> he wanted to be third. That's what he got. Yeah. <laughs> I'm taking the Grizzlies. You have the, the likely rookie of the year. And this team just plays really hard. Like, this is a testament to what Taylor Jenkins, their head coach, has done for them. You know, he Taylor Jenkins came from the Bucks, I believe. So he, and they, he has them playing similar style. I mean, they're not, like, the number one team in the East, but he has them playing hard. He's getting contributions from guys like Valanciunas, Brandon Clark, Jaron Jackson, and Dylan Brooks. And I think when the Grizzlies play, they believe that their star player can help them win, can win the game for them. They have that much faith in John Moran. And and potentially he can make a really big, not a big leap in a sense, but he can make a lot of noise um, in the playoffs. So I'm excited to see them play. I don't know if I like them losing Jay Crowder, to Miami now, now, no, now knowing that Justice Winslow, who they did get, is not going to be playing for them in the playoffs or in this hole for the rest of the season. So they're going to struggle there. I think they're going to have Kyle Anderson as their starter for now. But they have some good guys like the Anthony Melton, and I think they have um, is it Tyus Jones? They produce for them. So I'm excited for to see this team. I am kind of I'm excited to see them play, but I'm also kind of worrisome if they do get the eighth seed. Because they will play. <laughs> I mean, that's okay. We're drafting teams we know are going to lose in the first round. Yeah. And so I think that's okay. And I, I think why they may be stronger than the, the, the Blazers in one sense is they have a three-and-a-half game lead, right? So even if they struggle a little bit, they still can have that chance to play in that playing game if they drop to the nine seed or you know only have to win one of two if they get that matchup. Yeah. And, yeah, with Jaw and, and JJJ, right, you just have – you know, such a fun dynamic future with that team. Um, you know, it's good. You know, who knows? I, I think I was thinking about them with my next pick between them and someone else. And uh, so we'll see. They're fun. I mean, they're definitely fun to watch. And I think they're going to be even more fun as the years go on. Yeah, they were 32 and 33, the eighth seed in the West. You know, they were they were really a surprise team um, during the NBA season. And they did really well. But I think that the, the thing that was hard to you know give that credit was the fact that they had the toughest remaining schedule in the league 
Uh, so who would have known how that would have looked like? But to Taylor's point, their, their greatest advantage is, is their three-and-a-half game lead over the Blazers. Um, you know, that they have youth and athleticism, which I think could really help them playing some teams that are maybe older and, and haven't played in a while. And I think the other thing is, is, is you never know where those other – they do have a tough schedule here remaining, so you don't know where the other teams are going to be at, right? Are they going to want to sit their starters uh, prior to the year? Are they going to be playing as hard if their seeding is already set? So it's not only about what Memphis can do, but how are other teams going to sort of approach those eight games with Memphis? And that's a big unknown, right? And so, you know, who knows? But I I do think that, you know, the Grizzlies are in a good position to actually make the postseason in a way that, you know, even the Blazers, which I picked, are not. Yeah, two things that helped – the Grizzlies is that the Grizzlies last game is against the Bucks. So if Mike Budenholzer wants to do them a solid and uh, sit his best players, it'll help them. But also one thing we need to let our listeners know if they don't really understand the play in scenario is that if there is a play in scenario with the nine seed playing the eight seed, the nine seed has to beat them twice, right? They have, they play two games and they have to win both games and all the eight seed has to do is just win one of those games. So. Last but not least, here we go, Taylor. You picked the Raptors. On so your, well, you picked the Raptors with your first pick. They were the number three team. You picked the Rockets with your second team. They were the number four. The Heat with your third team. They were at the nine spot. And then OKC with your fourth pick at the 10 spot. So who is going to be your last pick, your last and fifth pick, number 15 overall? <laughs> So, I mean, obviously the Spurs, the Kings, the Suns, the Wizards. I thought you were going to say the Spurs. I, almost, I was going <laughs> to. They're just done. Not even considering them. So, I mean, I think, you know, I'm picking between the Magic, the Pelicans, the Nets, and the, and the Jazz. And I think the Nets, they just have too much COVID going on for me to – and there's too many guys not there. And I will not be disowned by the Mad Max – Vernon Maxwell by picking the Jazz. So I'm going with the Pelicans with my last pick. And I know, Danny, one of us – that means one of us is not going to be in the playoffs. Actually, one of us, all three of us, we're going to go there. So I'm going with the Pelicans. We just I'm ignored really, the Jazz and picked three bubble teams. Oh, my goodness. Forget the Jazz. All Jazz fans right now. We will talk about them, but go ahead. No, well, they're the worst franchise in the NBA, so it doesn't matter if they, they listen or not. Um, but obviously, from the Pelican standpoint, I hope Zion comes back because I was kind of hoping that he would be there and that they could just do enough to get that nine seed, right? Or if the Grizzlies just struggle completely, get into that eight seed where maybe they're playing the the Blazers or whatnot. So I just feel like they have talented guys. You know, they got Lonzo, they got Drew. They just, they're just fun to watch. You know, Zion was there. Like, I know he's going to be on TV, so I get to watch this team all the time. Like, that would be fun for me. Um, and I just can't pick the Jazz. And I just don't feel like the other teams, like the Magic or anyone else, I can't really see them having, like, catching, like, this fire, right? So I'm going with the Pelicans. I feel no confidence with the pick. But they remind me a little bit of uh, of OKC. They, they were 10th seed in the West, 28 and 36. They started the season 6 and 22, but since then have been at a record of 22 and 12. So, you know, with Zion kind of coming and into the fold and, and B.I., Brandon Ingram, really developing to an all-star, I, I think they're, like you said, they're, they're a fun team to watch with, uh, you know, the young guys that are coming up. But also having veterans like Drew Holiday, J.J. Redick, Derek Favors, I, I think that that helps. 
you know, to your point, it's not necessary that we think the Pelicans can, you know, go too far, but they would definitely give, you know, a team like the Lakers um, headaches. Be fun. Uh, and right? then, and, and yeah, the other thing, fun. you know, that's that sort of that, that sort of contrast with the Grizzlies, uh, the Pelicans have actually had the toughest schedule so far before the NBA was suspended. And so <laughs> to go from playing the toughest schedule to now being in a position where they're on the outside looking in and they have to claw and fight for a playoff spot against playoff caliber teams, I think that can be hard. But I can see the pick here. The schedule, their schedule is easier than the Grizzlies, and so I think that's going to help them too. I mean, I like the I like no, the pick. Taylor, no, so, Jose, you sort of mentioned it earlier though. Like maybe having like a tough record is a little bit of a a mirage in one sense because some of these teams might not play their guys. Like you almost maybe want to get the Bucks or the Lakers or the Clippers later in these eight games because if you know your seating's right and you got like the right team and you feel good going in and you're trying not to risk injury. And you got this one team that has to win. Like maybe you don't want to play another team that has to win too, right? So maybe like the Memphis is not going to be as tough as they think because you know Giannis is going to sit out or LeBron's not going to play or whatever that might be. So who knows? So maybe the schedule stuff is not as big a deal yeah. as we think. So, you, you could have wishful thinking in that you know when <laughs> when the Pelicans are over here playing the Bucks and the Grizzlies are playing the Brooklyn Nets, you'd be like, okay, I really wish we were playing the other team. But no, I really yeah, like yeah, – yeah, but No, if you're seating set and you're just like, hey, yeah. I want to throw some new sets out there. We don't want to get hurt. You know, I'm not going to play LeBron 40 minutes. You know, you, it just might not be – like in the regular season, it just might be different. You're not playing for home court advantage. You're just hoping your guys are, you know, shake the rust off, look good, and you build that cohesiveness to get ready. And if I, you're ready, then, you know, it might not be as tough. That, that's, just, that's just what I'm thinking. I just want to say first, though, that I love the pick, though. I mean, I love this team. <laughs> sure. I, I love this team. I mean, they have my former Lakers on this team. You know, I love Brandon Ingram. I love Lonzo Ball. I love Drew Holiday, even though he wasn't a Laker. Yeah, I wish he was a Laker, but I just love the way, well, how Drew Holiday carries himself. He's just a great, well, great how fun, player. How fun would it be if LeVar Ball was in the bubble playing the Lakers and you could just hear him like the whole game and stuff? That would just be so fun if the like the Pelicans played the Lakers <laughs> and that's all you could hear. It would not be dream. <laughs> I would love it. <laughs> so I, I do, I, you know, so those are our picks, but, but I do want to briefly give space to, to maybe two teams that maybe people listening to this would be like, man, I can't believe you all left them out. But let's talk about the magic really quickly and the jazz. Any any thoughts uh, on the Magic? Where they are, we are playing in Orlando. So if there's anyone that's li- like close to home court, it's them. Uh, yeah. They were they were thirty and thirty five. They're the eight seed currently in the East. You know, after <laughs> the Nets kind of going through everything that they had gone through, um, it seems like they're they're gonna they're gonna make it. They won eight out of twelve games um, with Terrence Ross really lighting it up um, and, and even making a claim for you know being a good six man, uh, they have an easier schedule than Brooklyn and Washington. And it sounds like they're, they're, they're close to, to having a matchup there with the Bucks. But I think even for them, they're going to try to get to that seven seed and avoid yeah. the Bucks. You know, obviously we, we know that they, they're likely going to lose in the first round, but any thoughts on Orlando? Yeah, I think they're going to jump to the seven seed. And I think what they have going for them is that they did play the Raptors well last year and the Raptors didn't, they, they took a game from them last year and now they don't have Kawhi. So they have that going for them. I'm more interested in the growth of Markel Fultz just to see how he plays in the bubble. And 
I think it. I think it's time for the Aaron Gordon experiment to be over. He's a guy who I just wish. Not that I don't think he's a good player. I just wish he was on a different team. I want to see him on a different team with players that kind of fit his strengths. So um, I'm hoping that happens in the offseason. Yeah, they're okay. I mean, I think when they lost Isaac, like their defensive guy, that didn't help them. I just don't know if they have enough talent. But if they can get to the seven seed, I, I just don't think the Raptors are a good matchup for them. I just don't. And the Nets, yeah, I just don't know. So, but I, I think we can, we agree that there's almost no likelihood that the Wizards are going to catch either team. Although if they caught the Nets and had to play, and that would be that would be pretty fun, because I think the West is a lot more fun. Because if we can get this eight nine drama going on, that would be that would make those first games exciting. I'm interested to see what yeah. that looks like in the East, right? I think that's that's going to be also interesting and compelling. Uh, the the last team here that that folks may be shocked by. Uh, given that they are a fourth seed, <laughs> they would have home court advantage in the Western Conference, and we decided to not pick them. And I think we, we need to literally maybe we need to maybe defend ourselves here a bit, fellas. They were forty-one and twenty-three, the fourth seed in the West. They had championship odds at thirty-three to one, the Utah Jazz. But we are leaving them out of here. I want to defend. Know. I want to defend, guys. And I, I want to make my case. You want to defend us not picking them? Defend the case. No, I, I think it's indefensible. No, it's yeah, indefensible. Like, will, For me, it was yeah. personal. It was just no. A I, I, I have reasons them. why I didn't yeah. pick them either. Yeah, so I, I think wanna, we all I have our defend. Takes. Okay, go for it, Jose. I think they're gonna miss Bogdanovich a lot. You know, you're looking at their numbers. They're a great three-point shooting team. I believe a lot of that was him. He's not gonna be playing for them. Taylor has a surprise look. He's on his not face. playing. Bogdanovich no. is not playing. His wrist. He, bro- he, he broke wrist. his wrist. I'm... And oh, look, not, any- now I feel really good about not picking them. I thought, like, <laughs> I was like, man, they got Bogdanovich, they got Conley. Like, maybe Conley's going to, he's going to gel with, like, Donovan. Oh, and, oh, and if there's anyone that understands Bogdanovich's value, I had him in the fantasy league this year, and that, that man put up some numbers. He was good. So that's a huge, huge loss. Yeah, so they're, they're, they don't have him. Mike Conley Killing. hasn't really had a good season. Come on, the biggest elephant in the room is Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. The tension that they have between them. I don't know how it's going to play out when they actually play in games. I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting how Donovan Mitchell has came out and just blaming Gobert on some things and getting upset. From, I was listening to a podcast on some Utah Jazz personnel guys, and it seemed like Rudy Gobert was handling it the right way, but Donovan Mitchell was not having it with him, especially when Donovan Mitchell got the coronavirus. And it's not even really proven that Rudy Gobert was the one who gave it to him. We're just assuming that he did, right? And I was just thinking about them, and I'm just thinking in the long run, who would you rather have? If you had them for the next three years, would you rather have Donovan Mitchell or Rudy Gobert on your team? <laughs> well, no, that's an easy question. But look, they're in who the would playoffs. Be, who, who would it be, Taylor? No, you want Mitchell. Are you kidding me? Yeah, you would want Mitchell. Yeah, oh, I would want Gobert. Gobert, like, Gobert. it took seven years. Wait, why? Oh, Taylor, he has you defending the Jazz now. I don't know if he's doing this to just get a rise out of you or if he really means it. <laughs> why? And why? I, I, well, well, the way well, the NBA is going I'm, with big well, men. If I'm big... saying in the, ne- in, in the next three years, I'd rather have Rudy Gobert over Donovan Mitchell. I think Donovan Why? Mitchell's overrated. What is, what is he? What is? Yeah, because Donovan Mitchell has to carry that entire team. He has absolutely no playmakers. Just watch him in the playoffs last year against the Rockets. They just they throw like Eric Gordon, and he has no one to pass it to. And then when they when the Jazz have all these open threes, they're just clanking them. They miss all of them. At least with Bogdanovich, they had a guy who can hit shots. You're saying that because Rudy Gobert does not play well against the Rockets. So. <laughs> no, I think I, I would pick no, Mitchell. Go, yeah, I think Gobert. I think he's right old now, too, right? 
Yeah, I think right now just what he means defensively as a defensive player, a rim protector. I, I get that, Jose, but I think I think yeah. he's more on the the end of his prime as opposed to Donovan, who could blow gonna, up. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. They, I think their relationship is interesting because I could kind of compare it to the relationship that Damian Lillard and Lamarcus Aldridge had when Lamarcus Aldridge wanted to leave Portland. I think Gobert was the guy there, and now he sees Mitchell and he. He wants his he wants his touches too, you know, and he wants to be the guy. So we'll see if eventually that if they will have to split teams. So Gobert does nothing offensively that other people aren't creating for him, and he's a good defensive player. But he's he's not going to be an all star probably in the next year or two. He's just not. He's going to get the league's going to catch up to him. Donovan Mitchell is Taylor, still on the upward trajectory Gobert in fantasy this year. So you just got to. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. Him. But I usually do. That's but that sounds like a you pick. Um, but anyway, no, like, that's not I why think, it's, I don't think it's defensible. The, our picks, I don't think are better than where the jazz are. Like if you're going to tell me that the blazers have a better chance, I disagree. If you say like the pace is in a better chance than the jazz, I just disagree. But I, for me, it was like, I just don't like them personally. And I, I can never root for them. I want them to lose every game they play. I, I actually and so don't think that's unreasonable yeah. though. Like I, I agree with Jose, like even before the COVID-19 issue that, that obviously I think is a big issue. Danny, let me say this. Hold on. Like even with that, like Mike Conley wasn't able to fit the, the, the jazz were underperforming. And I think the, the Bogdanovich loss is huge. I mean, he was averaging 20 points per game. Uh, he was a 20 points per game scorer. Losing him, I think, is, is huge. Because I Danny, think that, that was the only other guy that could play make other than, like, Mitchell, to your point. But what do you think is more likely, that the Jazz could win a series against, like, the Thunder or that the, the Trailblazers can somehow make the Niners win two games in a row and then beat the Lakers? I mean, like, that's way more unrealistic than the Jazz. No, there's no way that you guys can defend any of that stuff. Think. The scenarios that we're thinking, even Memphis, we think Memphis has a better chance to beat the Lakers than the no, Jazz do to be that. like, yeah, like, there's just not. I, I just wanted you to pick them. We think so. that the Pacers, the Pacers might drop down to the sixth seed and get the Celtics. We think that they have a better chance against the Celtics than the Jazz do against, like, you know, the nuggets. I just, I just, I don't feel like if we're thinking through like logistically or logically, I don't feel like we should, the jazz are within that top 10 teams. Yeah. I think ultimately, I think we're all guilty. We're all guilty. And I think ultimately I I just, I think we all feel like it just is not Utah's year. I think this is not a good year for them. And I'm actually interested to see what, what happens in that franchise. Our our system was kind of flawed in a bit. We're like, we are choosing teams that we think are going to go do the best in the bubble. Not necessarily, the teams that we like in the bubble, you know what I mean? I think we, mm-hmm. I think in our last weeks we were kind of choosing from <laughs> that perspective. So. I picked, I only picked teams that I liked personally. <laughs> but you also think, think that they're going to do well in the bubble. Well, so maybe it might be more wishful, yeah. hopeful thinking. All right. But this was fun. This is really exciting. I, I think that, you know, we, we've been, our podcast over the last few weeks has been focused more on looking on basketball history uh, with our drafting the franchise series but being able to draft, you know, as we preview the upcoming bubble season and the postseason, I'm really excited. You know, after doing this, I feel like I got a little bit of a refresher of, of where the season ended. And I'm excited to what we have to look forward to uh, with basketball coming back again. This was fun, guys. I really hope my teams don't win, though, and the Lakers win. So <laughs> <laughs> that's just over Yeah, can't wait to, to, for the games to start and for us to make fun of each other for our picks. So it'll be fun. If you would like to give us any feedback, have any questions, 
feel free to email us at with the first pick podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at with the first pick podcast. Also, we would appreciate if you would subscribe to the podcast. Um, if you are on Apple iTunes, we would also appreciate any review. Uh, thank you again for joining us and we will see you next time.